The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today, and you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order. Get on the path and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to a Solid 7 podcast, a better than average podcast, if I do say so myself, and we all know that I do, and I am, of course, your gracious host, Kale, and back in studio with me this week, my, like, I don't know what you are, six foot seven, much younger, better looking <laughs> brother from another mother, creator and host of John Reyes MMA. You know him, you love him. John Reyes, welcome back, sir. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. More more than happy to be here. Uh, excited to uh, just kind of update you in, in, a, in a public forum of conversation about the, the happenings and the inner workings of that... Uh, creativity so to speak that that's kind of unfolded over the last couple months super exciting stuff and uh really happy to be hanging with you man seriously yeah it's been a minute since you you've been here on the podcast i I introduced you this time as creator and host of john reyes (laughs) mma uh a long time coming passion project that has come that you've been killing it on and we'll talk about that some today now Mm -hmm. has john been big timing me since starting his very successful oh media conglomerate yes I, he has I knew this was coming has it been impossible <laughs> to get the guy on the phone let alone the podcast absolutely but it's it's water <laughs> under the bridge uh you know the little red lights are on he's here we're we're recording and all yeah. of course is forgiven well yes. uh, it, i don't think it's been so long that you forgot that the first order of business here at the solid Seven yep. podcast is of course always to be fueled properly we are uh, as always, fueled by Jocko Go here at the Salad Seven Podcast. This week is no different. Going with the OG Mango uh, this week. Cheers, sir. Cheers. That that's good stuff right there. You forget like there's so many flavors now; they're all so good. You cycle through, and if it's been a while, you forget, and then the memories come rushing back <laughs> via the taste buds. So yeah. Well, yeah. it's funny. A great drink, a great yeah. drink indeed. We have our like our regular shipments, like we have our regular flavors that kind of cycle through. But uh-huh. then when Jackal Fuel run run sales as they often do, particularly if they stack with the Solid Seven promo code S O L O I D seven, so it's like you got a good sale and then you stack ten percent on top of that. We'll kind of load up on flavors that aren't in our regular rotation. So I think I'm sitting yep. on like roughly nine cases in the pantry right now. So it can be, it can be several days before I cycle back to a flavor. And then you're like, Oh, there you are old friend. Yeah. There you are. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that's actually awesome. My gosh. I didn't know you were running that many cases at once. Listen, I love that though. Listen, it's, it's the big time over here at the South <laughs> Seven podcast. And, uh, 
I do love that. Is that is that common though to to be able to use a code alongside a sale? I feel like most companies don't allow that. Uh, a lot of times they don't, but when you're dealing with like a red blooded quality American company like Jacko yeah. Fuel, they do these kinds of things. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I love it. Yeah. Well, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know where to start. There's a lot this week. There's a lot going on. So I, I decided I want to start someplace that uh, might be up your alley. I don't know. I don't know this uh-huh. about you. Um, yeah. But uh, a little out of the ordinary for the podcast because we like to, you know, I don't want anybody thinking they've got us figured out. It drives me crazy. Yeah, that's good. You got to switch um, it up. Yeah. And so uh, I was I was off work uh, today. Uh-huh. We're we're recording on Friday. Uh, yep. Now, of course, if, if you're listening the day this drops, it's Memorial Day. Ha- happy, happy Memorial Day. That always feels like a funny one. We can talk about that later, like happy know, Memorial yeah. Day. Yeah. Um, but uh, so so I had the day off. So I went, got a good workout in, actually went and met my wife, worked out. She She's working today like a chump. Um, but uh, so it came back and it's like, oh, what, what can I catch up on? Like, what can I watch yep. now that like the kids aren't around and, you know, whatever. I watched Air. Have you watched Air? No, no. I actually was interested in watching it, though. And, and I just for those listening who don't know me that well, I despise, and I don't even know if you know this, I despise movies in general. I just, there's something about the commitment of that amount of time for, for a non-guaranteed satisfaction, right? In some cases, you watch a movie, it's a bad movie, therefore a waste mm-hmm, of time. Mm-hmm. The social element of it doesn't make any sense because to me, if we're with four or five friends, I want to be interacting with them in some capacity, not committing to something where if you interact with them, you're breaking the rules. No, that might sound like a bunch of overthinking, but in general, I hate movies. But when I saw the trailer for Air, um, super interested in watching it. So I haven't, but but I really want to. So we're the, like, I didn't know if this would be your thing. Like, I, I yeah. assume at your height, people assume you have played and or are into basketball. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, they do assume but, that. <laughs> but did you play? Are you a basketball fan? Uh, well, so I, I never played, like, organized. Uh, growing up, I remember, like, having a couple, just, like, periods of time where I wanted to. And, like, I would go to, like, I would kind of go to, like, the tryouts at, like, FCA, the, the, you know, the school. And I just would chicken out at the last second. Something about other people seeing me play just made me nervous. So, okay. but, but around that time, I did seriously get involved with like the neighborhood basketball players okay. and it became like an everyday thing. And I mean, so yeah, I, I played a little bit. I wasn't known as a very good player. As a matter of fact, I had a nickname. I don't really want to repeat here that alluded to the fact that I was far less uh, good at basketball than I should have been given my height. Well, so. uh, well you say given your height, you're yeah. also... I mean, you're a minority. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I'm, I'm there. So there's the there's percentage. also certain expectations that come along. Yeah, and the thing is too, like I remember I would always go to play, and I just for some reason, like I I, I guess I just struggled with like knowing I was a big guy. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I would do is get in the paint and get close, like get down low and actually try and use my height. I would just try and shoot threes all the time. Okay, and not really that, your that gig. That's people, not it's not no, why you're on no. the court. So yeah, 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 yeah. No, so so now, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. John, we we are we're here. We're in the safety tree of the Solid Seven Podcast. We are amongst yeah. friends. We're we're gonna need to we're gonna need to know this nickname, dude. Listen, I'm proud of it. I I don't care what anybody says. Just the fact that I was known for something, it made me happy. I would be I would be walking down the street. I'd be like far away where people you know you couldn't really see that I was coming, mm-hmm. and I would hear people yell my nickname from far, from the court all the way down. They'd be excited I was there. My nickname was Garbage Boy. Oh, they, okay. everybody called me garbage boy and it, it all started because they just called me garbage. And uh, I kept, I kept saying, listen, I'm not garbage. I'm not garbage. They all just kept using that word garbage. And so one time I, 
I made like a bunch of three pointers in a row, three or four. Mm -hmm. And then I just, I looked at the guy that kept calling me that. And I was like, I guess you can call me garbage boy. And it just, it just stuck. And you so pull, from that point on, that was like old, my nickname. You pull the old eight mile on him. You, you, you turn it around. The old Marshall <laughs> Mathers, you turn it around. Like you beat him to, yeah, the, you just, beat him to the joke. You owned it. Right. But a, a couple, I guess a couple days after I beat him to it and owned it, I realized, oh, that's a funny name to kind of own. But then it was too late. So I just yeah. like, yeah, let's go with it. But yeah, Garbage Boy. Now, was, you know, the- you know, I'm going to have to put it in the episode title, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> now you're, that you you're, say you're it, in media yeah, now. You know. know what has to be done. Yeah. We got to do what we got to do here. It's content. You got to so, put it out there. Well, <laughs> we, we digress a little bit, but clearly, I mean, you're a fan yeah. of, of sport in general. And yeah, so as, as am I, but I, you know, I tend not to be as into the traditional sports, right? Like I'm not yeah. going to sit down and watch uh pro football or even college football. NBA does no, no, nothing for me. Hockey, nothing for me. Hmm. Um, I, I enjoy a soccer match occasionally uh, less. So since the kids have come along, there's just more, uh, pressing matters, but there, yep. there's some things that just kind of transcend what you're into either, whether you're a sports fan or not, whether you're into it or not. Yeah. Um, some games, some moments, right. Miracle on ice comes to mind. Right. Or, uh, you know, less of a, a happy outcome like Dale Earnhardt's death or, uh, right at the Daytona 500, right. That yeah. he transcended sport. And yep. obviously with, you know, without question, Michael Jordan's this character that transcends sport, right? So it's these things about him and pertaining to him. um, You know, there's a draw period. Uh, And so this, there's really no spoiler alerts to this movie because it's set in in 1984 and it's, it's about Nike's pursuit of signing the soon to be NBA rookie, Michael Jordan. Um, And at the time, um, and I, I was around, but you know, footwear and the NBA really wasn't on my radar at four years old. Um, Nike wasn't the presence in basketball, uh, really in, in any sports like they are now. So it's kind of hard to fathom if you weren't around before that yeah. time, they were, they were, had become a big business, but they were known largely for, for running and they just weren't the big competitor in the space converse and Adidas. Um, kind of, kind of dominated. Evidently, I'm talking about this like an expert. I learned this all from the movie that I finished thirty. No, minutes, yeah, it's, 30 it's funny ago. you mentioned Converse. That I, I completely forgot that they were like the big player back then in, oh, in basketball. Yeah. Well, and that's you know at the time like they're courting a Jordan. Um, like Magic Johnson was wearing Converse. Larry Bird was wearing Converse. Um, so big, big names. Um, Crazy. You know, I, my affinity, my love for Converse comes 100 percent from the movie Sandlot. Uh, I couldn't care less if pro basketball <laughs> players wore them. Um, but I know you can get away from a big dog if you're wearing them. Um, and so, but the movie, man, is just like the story about how this came about. Now, I don't know how much artistic license they took with this thing. I don't know how much yeah. Jordan was involved or the actual individuals were involved. There's a lot of great names in this, but the the two biggest uh, arguably are, uh, you know, Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck, which, yep. you know, love or hate these guys when they're on screen together. It's it's magic. No. And, and it's funny you say that, too, because the, I thought that exa- the story itself is not enough to get me interested in watching the movie. But exactly what you're saying, like I've, I've watched both of those guys in movies all throughout my life. Obviously, they're in a lot of movies, but something about just the chemistry I saw in the trailer. I was like, this is, you're tying a bunch of things together. You're tying, okay, so notable actors. Matt Damon, I like a lot more than Ben Affleck. I, I do like Matt Damon's work a lot, especially when he was younger. Like, I just love, he's just, he's a really good actor. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, the chemistry I saw in a couple of seconds mixed with the fact that it's about, you know, this whole real life thing that happened and, and done artistically. And you've got me wanting to watch it like right yeah, now. Seriously, yeah. like I, I haven't even thought about it for a couple of days and now you're, now you're getting well, me into it. But yeah, the chemistry is wild. There's just really great trailer too yeah. and everything. It was awesome. Well, well and there's, it, you know, um, like I watched Tetris recently too. So kind of that same vein, right? This It's like yeah. this iconic thing that you think you couldn't know more about. And then yeah. the story behind it is just crazy. The, the, the Tetris <laughs> movie is fantastic too. Um, but man, these guys just pulled it off. Chris Tucker's in there and just kills it, right? Like he's not, he's not the punchline. He's, it's not, you know, a lot of times, you know, when he's cast, it's to, it, it, he's intended to kind of overact it or, or right, be comedic right, relief, right. not place his role. Fantastic. Um, they cast Jordan's parents wonderfully. It's funny. It's kind of a, a bit part, but Jay Moore is in it. Um, do you know who Jay Moore is? You know him if you looked him up. Like he so was, I've got the cast pulled up in front of me here. So, uh, Jay Moore. Yeah. I've seen this guy. Yeah. Like yeah. he was kind of the foil way back in Jerry Maguire. Another, another sports ish okay. film. Um, yeah. Man, just Father Time is undefeated. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I just God bless him. And I, uh, full disclosure, I'm not sitting here as a physical specimen myself. But <laughs> time, time has not been kind. And nah, Jay, I, he has, some worse than others, man. But has, I, I know what you mean he completely. Has not missed a meal. Let me tell you. Um, so. <laughs> So listen, he's a comedian. I'm sure he can give it as good as he can take it. And if he hears this or ever came on the show, I'm sure would just roast me mercilessly. And, and I probably have a comment. And he'd do a good job too. I mean, but, he's, he's an artist. Um, I, I was kind of excited to see his name and the thing. And he, he, it was a small part. He, you know, it was, it was fine, but I'm like, dang, Jay, dang. <laughs> um, Couldn't hold it together a little but, better. But, but just a good <laughs> flick. It, it was funny. I was particularly interested just because, um, I actually, uh, heard and, and I'm hoping to share in the not too distant future here. Um, there, there's a, a real similar, I mean, maybe not, I don't know. I, I heard the, the whole story behind the Reebok pump from the inventor of the Reebok pump, um, and interacted with him some afterwards. And the way this all came about is he's, he's actually, um, I can't remember exactly what Paul's title is right now. Uh, but he's like a head of product development or something like that for go ruck now. Uh, and of course, you know, they're, they're good friends of ours. Uh, wow. you know, he came in when they so first, he... first started getting into footwear. Um, wow. but yeah, creator of the Reebok pump and, uh, you know, was talking to him. So he did a fit talk all about it at Sandlot Jacks when we were there a couple months ago Yeah, and was chatting mm -hmm. him up some afterwards. And we'd interacted, you know, through social media some before, and just reiterated, man, Paul, I'd, I'd really, I'd really love to have you come on the podcast. I, I told him at the time, I'm like, your story really reminded me. Like, I just watched this movie, Tetris. And I'm like, it reminded me so much of that. I'm like, it would be just as worthy of, of a movie of what I, I just watched. Um, though, you know, the pump, wildly, wildly successful uh, for Reebok. I don't know that yeah. it, it's quite the industry behind it um, as has, has formed behind the, the Jordan product line. Uh, but it was just crazy. And like the money they, they ended up offering Jordan that was the biggest offer Nike had ever given anybody. And then now again, who knows how much of this was, was actually his mom. I'm not discounting that may have been, um, or agents or what, but came back and they were like, Hey, if you want this deal, um, in addition to the guaranteed money and everything else, Michael gets a piece of the pie. 
If you eat, he eats. Every shoe you sell, every product you sell with his name, he gets a piece. And it was unheard of. Like that didn't yeah. exist. Nobody got that deal. Right? Yeah. No, this was a time before, like now there's an, a named shoe for all kinds of players and all kinds of sports. That wasn't a thing back then. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, talking about, uh, you know, uh, Magic Johnson and, and those, like they weren't wearing the Magic Johnson Converse. They were just wearing Converse All-Stars. Like they were just, it was just a shoe. It wasn't their shoe. Um, and so what's crazy about this, and I kind of knew this um, about Jordan. I just didn't know the real numbers. Um, there's a line towards the end of the movie where the CEO of Nike, um, you know, is like, what's the worst that could happen? Like what's the most we've ever sold of one shoe line? Like $3 million or something like that. The first year they sold Air Jordans, they sold $162 million of them. This is like 84, 85. And Jordan gets a piece of all that. But he still, like, obviously, that line continues on and has branched out. Like, it's not just basketball shoes. It's clothing. It's, I mean, even, um, you know, I've seen, like, high school football teams playing in the Air Jordan line football gear. Like, it's, it's on yeah. everything. And my understanding is he still gets a piece of all of that. Jordan's residuals on the shoes. Now, I don't know if it's the shoes or the whole line. It was a line from the end of the movie. Um, $400 million a year. He's a, he's a billionaire, not because of his six championships and his time with the Bulls and his multiple gold yep. medals at the Olympics. He's a billionaire because of that deal with Nike. <sighs> crazy right i'm gonna once we're off of here i'm gonna go watch that movie like i i want to so badly yeah like that's crazy can i ask you like okay if you think it's too spoily then i guess let's not go into it too much but that that was a big part of the gamble right was the fact that they weren't sure how big this was going to get up front and it ended up just I mean, what, what, what point in his career was it that, that that became official? This is like as he's being signed to the NBA, so they're doing. But isn't that? But isn't that crazy though? Like, so as the I, movie <laughs> as the movie tells it, there there's this guy. I think Sully was his name. Sonny. Sonny was his name. Working for yeah. Nike, and like his job, he was he was almost like a, a scout, but a scout like yeah. it, it was the role of a scout, but for re recruiting to sign, you know for marketing purposes rather than the right. play. And as the movie portrays it, um, he was just a bit of like a high school player savant. Um, and like just in watching tape, like he just recognized the greatness in Jordan. And they're like, something's different. And he just, he just wouldn't let it go. Just wouldn't let it go. And so that's the thing. It's like, you can only create so much tension in the movie because that's right. That's, that's the foil. Right. Like that's, that's the antagonist is will he, won't he, is he going to sign with Converse or Adidas? We all know, we all know, of course, you know, of if course. you're going to go buy a pair of J's, you know, I mean, you know, um, so it, it's tough to create that drama and, but they still do a great job of it. Like, you know, yeah. the outcome, you know, the ending, you've already read the last chapter of the book and it's still just excellent storytelling, you know, not safe for the little ears. So, yeah. uh, no, no sex, no nudity, no violence. Uh, but there's some language. Uh, there's yeah. a particularly heated uh, conversation uh, with Michael's agent at one point in the movie that um, uh, it might not be safe for any ears, let alone little yeah. ears. But, um, <laughs> you know, so your mileage may vary, listeners uh, watching it, but uh, it, it was a fun watch. 
my gosh. Hate yeah. movies altogether, but when one gets me excited to watch it, I definitely make sure I watch it. I Seriously, don't know how, it's very we've, rare how we've never come across this. Like we've we've covered in great detail in past episodes how you... I, I think I'm just aware that I'm going to be the I'm I'm in the wrong. I don't want to. It's it's not <laughs> something I'm proud of. It's not something I I want to talk about very often. But it's the truth, man. It's something about like movies it just ugh, makes me anxious like we're really going to come in there's movies out there like what the first avatar is what three hours long or something like that uh, i don't know i'm not an so, avatar guy because i'm not I, well, i'm not a james cameron guy i mean he's just okay gotcha. yeah well, uh imagine how little of a james cameron guy i never even a second of any yeah. one of his movies but the point is like there's movies out there that commit that much time and it's like what if it's bad kale what do you, what's the describe to me the feeling you get when you go and pay your hard-earned money spend your very valuable time and end up with a two hour two and a half hour regret on your lap what, what, what's your emotions or thoughts at that point this is from the guy who's dropping i don't know what is it uh 65 bucks for a pay-per-view no, fight night 65 dollars no, 79.99 okay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like the rest of us are like i can't believe how expensive movie yes. tickets have gotten and john's like yeah. hold my jocko go <laughs> I'm going to go pay $80 for for a few hours of entertainment. Oh, oh, and by the way, most of that time um, is uh, just packages about the fighters and ads yeah. and old fighters pontificating. Maybe, maybe <laughs> you get to hear from Joe Rogan if the fight is in the United States. Right. Um, no, you're making some good points. Yeah. So I yeah. think it's more social than you're giving it credit for. Is it though? Because I it get is. yelled at when I try and talk or make a note about something in the movie. You're oh. missing it. You're missing it. Okay. Yeah. No. Don't. Don't be that guy for sure. Um, <laughs> but also, it's like, um, it's it's that conversation afterwards. And can you believe? And it was so exciting. And what about this moment? And uh, whatever. And talking. To somebody. Have you seen it yet? Oh, you have. What was your? You know. It, so it is. It, there is social aspect there to it. Uh, you, you've you've got a good point there. I did. So can I ask you, have you seen the new Guardians of the Galaxy? I haven't. And okay. thus far, if you can believe it, we, as we sit and record on May 26th, I have avoided all spoilers. All of really? them. Really? Can them. you explain why this all is something you're doing? I know that for some reason, the storyline involved them making a very detailed and realistic uh, fake Star Lord for someone to carry. Uh, I've so I've seen clips of that and jokes about that, um, and uh, but otherwise zero spoilers. And I've heard nothing but great things, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. I don't know that I'm going to make it before spoilers get to me. Yeah, um, I have spent more time. Uh, listeners, you've, you've, you've probably noticed this, or maybe you, you haven't um, because maybe you haven't been listening because you're like, man, have they put out new episodes? And you might be wondering if I've put out new episodes. Um, a, because for some reason you haven't just subscribed. What are you waiting for? But if you're the type of person that needs to see a social media post to be like, oh, yeah, I need to check out the new episode, um, then I have been remiss for like the past three episodes in getting on and posting. And I'm going to tell you why right now. Um, this has been talking about it uh, with last week's guest. This is just a crazy busy season for me professionally. And what doing even a halfway decent, if I even manage that a halfway decent job of posting about the, the podcast um, takes from me is 
um, that after recording and after uploading and, you know, getting everything to, to our, our engineer art that I need to get to him to, to work his magic and, you know, getting a picture um, from the guest or going and snagging one off of their, uh, their social, um, you know, for, for the episode artwork. Um, I'm not taking that picture and sending that off to, to my graphics guy or gal. No, no. I am your graphics guy or gal, right? So I'm taking that picture. I'm deciding, ah, oh, you know, do I leave this one in color? Does it look better in black and white? Not a graphics artist, not a Photoshop person. I kind of stumble through it. I've got a template that I like. I plug that into, mm-hmm. but I change all that. I export that. I got to get it uploaded. But then, like, if I want to do anything resembling decent show notes, I got to listen all the way back through the episode and notate everything, uh, right? And so then, so I need that to do decent show notes. And I also need that to my mind to do effective social media posting because like social media, it does not matter what you're actually posting at this point. All that matters is what music you put on it and your hashtags. And so I've got to listen through like to hashtag well, other than just the generic podcast hashtags, like to pull people in who might be interested in the topics that were discussed. I need that, like, I need that thorough list of what we went through on the show, right? So if you go back for my last, I don't know, two, maybe three episodes now, if you look, I'm even lacking in show notes because they're just, it was by the skin of my teeth that I even got three fresh episodes up these last few weeks. Just crazy busy season professionally. Wild, And so man. if you look at my show notes, all they say is like, hey, this week we're happy to welcome this guest. And then, there, and then there's no, like, listen in as we discuss. That, that's yeah. not there on those. Because the time to, like, I'm a, I'm a multitasker person. I, I know there, there's people that will tell you that that's not real. But what I mean is, like, I can, I can give a decent amount of attention to something going on in the background while I'm doing something else. It's when I get most of my podcasting done. But when uh-huh. I'm listening to this podcast for that task, I've got to be able to know like the topic changes and stuff. So it, it's, it can't be <laughs> a lot. It Kale, can't be like gosh. the second or third thing that I'm doing. Right. It just can't. Um, and so, okay. um, so they're just having, there haven't been posts and you know, full disclosure, I'm always honest with the, um, the listeners here. We're family. I hate when people do stuff like that. <laughs> what am I? Dom, um, family. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just uh, the the play the plays are down right like when you if if the if the posts aren't out there it seems silly to me like if you found us and you like us do me right now right now if you're listening to the podcast do me a a big you don't have to buy anything don't use a promo code don't buy a tuttle twin book Uh, buy subpar backpacks if you must um you know you you should treat yourself to go ruck uh and their gear but like if that's not your thing if you can't do any of that you won't do any of that it's beyond your means that's cool like right now, you don't have to stop listening. Just whatever we're playing on an app right now, however you're listening, I'm playing on an app somewhere, on, app. somewhere on that app. There's a little button that either says subscribe or follow. Just click it. Just do it. Costs you nothing. Takes no time. You'll know when there's fresh episodes. You don't have to listen to all of them. I'd love it. If you did, you don't have to, I get that the way I choose to make this show means not epi- every episode is for everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, I hat tip to our audio engineer all the time. I don't deserve him. Art's a true professional, does a great job at making the podcast sound good. And uh, Art will be the first one to tell you that when I start talking with Becca Strangarity about her dating life, 
Art's out. When I start talking <laughs> with Mike Redacted about Star Wars or Jason Shorey about Star Wars, Art's out. Art's, Art's out. Art will be listening live as we record, and he'll put in the chat, out. Oh, <laughs> so, I love it. I, get, I love the honesty I get there. it. That's fun because, I, you know, I love, okay, this week might not be your thing. Yeah. Next week, you might freaking love, though. Oh, yeah. uh, right. And so I, I get, you know, they say, um, you know, specialize, zero in. That's just not my bag. That's not real life. You don't get together with people and talk about one thing all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, people would see right through it too. It would feel forced as well. And, and they'd know. And you don't talk about the same thing with the same people all the time. Not real life. Right? I've got exactly. my friends. I talk guns and camping and stuff with and, and politics yeah. and whatever. I've got friends I talk MMA with. I got friends I talk Star Wars with. I'm not telling regular listeners anything you don't know because all those people come through the podcast and talk to you. Yeah. Um, which which is, is part of the good time. But so I have no idea why I went off on I haven't been posting to social media, <laughs> but that's the Solid 7 podcast. I love and, it. And here we say it should be. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> how it should be. Now, I say all that, like I lament all that work that goes in. Forget about, forget about booking. Forget about reaching out to potential guests. Forget about punching way above your weight class. I send out like requests and trying to touch out with people I have no business talking to That's because how you have to what be, are they, what are they going to do? Ignore me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm in the same yeah. place I started in. Um, uh, but so I, I say all that to say, um, so you, you've launched this, I, I, I'll let you describe it. Right. But you've launched this passion project, uh, John Reyes MMA that you've been talking about and dude, your production quality, is through the roof. Oh man, I Dude, appreciate it. It's through it, bro. the roof. Like the 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 hits that you're doing look like they're produced um by by who whoever. I I mean like it's yeah. it's a legit um it's legit sports coverage is is what yeah. it is. So yeah. explain to people what this thing is. Yeah, well well first of all I really 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 appreciate that. Um for anybody, and Kale, you know this, j just like I do and other people who have gone out and tried to do something relatively creative or, or passion project-esque or whatever you want to call it. But it's crazy um, that, you know, you, you can do something and try and do it so well and put all your heart into it. And it, at certain points, you could feel so happy and confident about it. And then just at certain points later, just the, 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 just the pendulum swings in the other direction mentally and you just have doubts and worries and all this stuff. But... Um, yeah, basically, so I, I've been into mixed martial arts, more specifically, like the content of it, like UFC, PFL, things like that, um, for since about 2018, 2019. And I've been into content creation in various, very tiny ways since uh, I was probably in ninth grade. And I got homeschooled. At that point, I was really interested in like video games. And at that point, some sports things, more football back then, and American football. Um and so I've been kind of interested in those two things really separately and, and far apart from each other. But in the last, it was February, towards the end of February, um, something hit me where I was just like, no more theorizing, no more theory crafting, no more one days or, or you know, imagine this. I'm going to actually just put, put some work in and see, see what comes of it. So it was February 21st of this year. Um, John Jones, the greatest male 
uh, martial artist of all time, in my opinion, um, had a fight coming up and he was coming back at, at a different weight class heavyweight. I decided to make a video and, and cover it, basically explain to any newcomer that I could imagine, could kind of picture me talking to my mom, basically. How would I explain this to her in a brief and concise way that, you know, maybe would have her interested? So I wrote out a script, I, I made the video and I put it on in Instagram. And to address kind of the, the production quality you were referring to, having been interested in content creation, I'm doing air quotes for those just listening, um, since ninth grade, like I've had so much in the back of my mind that I've been capable of doing in, in the area of like video. And I've, I've even bought cameras from like 2017, 18, whatever that are way too <laughs> up a weight class. Let's call it like yeah. that are way better than I should have, you know, should have bought. And it's really just this, this passion project, as, as you call it, has really just been the culmination of all of those things. Learning how to video edit since I was homeschooled, wanting to create content, having fell in love with the UFC back in 2018, 19, when McGregor came back and fought Cowboy was when it really bit me. But um, I put it all together back in February. And that first video um, that I put out wasn't the best in terms of quality. It wasn't the best in terms of content as I look back on it. But it was something. And I, I got enough kind of verbal affirmation from people that I know and people I don't know to kind of ignite a fire in me that, that was like, you know what, if not now, then when? So I decided to put the pedal to the metal a little more, so to speak, and, and came out with a couple of other things after that called UFC beginner guides, as I refer to them. And at that point, Kale, I really realized there is a seriously untapped market of UFC content that is beginner friendly, yeah. that introduces people to this wild, wild world that has so many different aspects to it. Like there's weight classes. I mean, I'm not even going to get started. There are so many things that I remember like thinking when I first got into the sport, I have no idea why there are so many champions and then just shrugging it off and figured I'll learn it some other time later. And as I, as I, as I stand, you know, sit here now, I'm like, well, there's so many things that people don't know that I, you know, having, I'll even say this too, when I worked for the church and was a pastor on staff, right? When, when you are creating these, these sermons to speak to people, right? It trains you on how to just put thoughts together in, in really palatable ways. Yeah. So even those skills kind of came together and, and, you know, when it came to the script writing, kind of enhanced my ability to do that, I believe. So all of it came together and uh, I, I tapped into that market specifically of just newcomers to UFC content who don't know what they're doing. And then, you know, long story short, I've got a couple videos that did over 100,000, um, some right there at that mark in terms of views. The engagement's been wild. One of the videos has over 100 comments. Um, and one Dude, of the, my favorite metrics listen, in all of the listen. content creation is, is how many people are sending it to other people. That's... Yeah. That's my favorite. Now I, I want to stop you here for a second, right? Because like you threw you threw out some some big numbers there, but um, you know you haven't even been you haven't been at this for a year. I don't I don't know where all you're posting your content, and we definitely want to tell people where to find you. But I, I'm looking at your your JMMA Instagram yeah. right now. Um, you've made uh, exactly eight posts. Yeah, just a blistering pace, sir. <laughs> um. <laughs> And in less than a year with eight posts, you're like, you're scratching right at 4,000 followers, you're... which I get, I get like, you hear these insane social media numbers these days, right? Like I can't, Elon's Twitter follow, like, it's just comical. It's over it's like over 150 million or something like that. It's, it's hilarious. Um, and so I get like in that that giant influencer realm, uh, you know, where it's, it's six, seven, eight figures and, and beyond. Um, but from scratch in such a short period of time, 
with, with, you know, just the tip of the iceberg of your content, um, to, to already have 4,000 like keyed in, right. Let, let alone like your total number of impressions that is, is well beyond that is insane to me. You're, uh, yeah, you, you're giving me, you're giving me chills a little and, bit over have, here, man. Have you not, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Like, have you not had like actual fighters like comment on your stuff and interact with you? Yeah, no. So the, so there, there's a, there's a, a tournament that the UFC holds uh, called road to the UFC. And it typically involves newcomers to the UFC in terms of that skill level of MMA, but they're typically from different countries. And so um, they, they represent their country in, in terms of like, Hey, this is a new UFC fighter coming and, and showing up. So the winner of the 155 pound, 155 pound division, uh, the lightweight division, the, the, the person that won that tournament back in February um, for the 155 pounds, he follows me. He follows my, my JMMA Instagram account. He's actually the only signed pro Indian UFC fighter. He's seven and zero undefeated. His name is Anshul Jubilee. And, um, I made a video talking about Leon Rocky Edwards. Of course, he defeated Usman back in uh, August of last year to uh, get the uh, welterweight title. And it did that in the last minute of the, of the fight. He was losing. The last minute, he knocked him out cold and became champion. Well, Leon Edwards is signed to the same agency um, as, as Anshul Jubilee. So essentially, they're, they're kind of partners in that way. So once Anshul saw the, the, the post on Instagram Reels, he, you know, he liked it. He followed. He actually reposted it on his story. I then ended up getting a bunch of DMs from... from, from Indian fans saying, Hey, Anshul posted your, your video. And at that point I'd already DM'd him saying, thank you. He responded and said something along the lines of keep promoting our great sport, which was by, by and large, the, the peak of my quote unquote career in this realm was hearing that from him. Cause it was just surreal. It was surreal. I didn't even, you know, pay that much attention to that tournament as it was going on. I did have his fight on the screen. It was just kind of in the background as I was a little busier. Uh, and then to, to, to find out later, oh, that's the guy that won the 155-pound uh, tournament for the UFC and is now signed. And and he, he did it in a crazy manner, by the way. It was a crazy comeback that he won. But anyways, yeah, he, he, he interacted with me. And that was one of the big things where I'm like, wait a second, I can't take my foot off the gas. Not now. I can't do yeah. it. So yeah. well, obviously, you know, as the creator, you've got more metrics, right? But I, I'm just clicking through here, like like what just the the schlubs out here in the public, like me, can look at. For first post, you mentioned it. This was your preview for UFC 285. Yes. Um, you know, all you can really judge things by on Instagram uh, from the outside looking in is likes. Seven hundred ninety right. seven hundred ninety two likes. Not bad. Right. Not bad. Post number two. This is, this is your, this is your first, like this is folks. If, if, if you're like, why would anybody like MMA or, you know, what's attractive about this? Like, this is the starting point, right? This is, this is John, this is the point, right? This is the, the nexus of, uh, channel's not the right way to put it. I, I, I don't know what, what we're saying here, but of what you're doing of your project is like, you think you might want to get into this. You want to understand it. Um, over 20,000 likes <laughs> second post third post. And this is what is infuriating um, about stuff like this to me, because the, I, I, I can tell you guys, listeners, if you go and look this out, like there's no change in quality in, in yeah. like the time and effort, the quality of, of each and every post is right there. Uh, and yeah. yet third post, uh, 1,200 uh, yeah, likes. Weird. It's crazy, right? <laughs> It's weird. I Fourth it, yeah. post, 9,724 yeah. likes. But again, the views are much higher. This is just somebody who actually took the time to go, 
no, I, this was worth my time. Yeah. Um, another one, almost, almost 2000 likes, um, 30, almost 31,000 likes, yeah, likes. Crazy. Um, and then, and then we're back down to 1700. So, I mean, yep. some of these just wildly successful, yeah. um, crazy. It's awesome, man. It's so cool to see who, um, I, I, I had the thought, I'm like, I think these hold up even over audio and I was going to go ahead and play one or two, but Mm. you've done such a great job of selecting like your music and stuff that goes with these. And I, to this day have no idea how any of the rights to anything works. And so I'm always very hesitant to play any music whatsoever on the podcast in any format. Um, so listeners ju- just go in and check them out for yourself. But are, are you doing everything on these? Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, you're, I haven't outsourced you're any, scripting, any you're editing, you're selecting the clips that you're editing in. You're doing the graphic overlays. Yeah. All of it. The, yeah. Everything the, the I mean, even, even one thing that I've really tried to get good at was his color correction, which people wouldn't even appreciate because yeah. they don't, there's nothing to compare it to. But my, if you notice the first one, the John Jones one, it was super orange washed. And so even that, yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's like I said, it's stuff I've been, uh, it doesn't take a small amount of time. That That's what it sucks is like, you know, you, you, I put the same amount of time into the Israel Adesanya, you know, kind of recap has 30,000 likes as I did into this latest one that has 2000 likes. But uh, yeah, it doesn't take a short amount of time at all. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing all, all of it. Yeah. Now you do, you do. I'm, I'm going to sit here with my, I don't know, uh, 300 Instagram followers and you know, whatever, however many fans we have at the Sales of a Podcast, which is intentionally an audio only medium and will yep. continue to be for some time. And I'm going to go ahead and give you this hot tip on your video work yep. because I love everything about it. Everything looks amazing. Everything sounds amazing. Your scripting's good. Your delivery's good. You're like, you're compelling on screen. For the love of God, either change your lighting or leave your glasses off. <laughs> I cannot, you know I cannot Kale, keep looking at your freaking <laughs> ring light in your glasses, sir. Kale, listen. <laughs> people take such issue with, with uh, people have taken such issue with, the, with me taking them off in the middle of the video and kind of like at some no, point. No, and that's th- the thing. I love them. They're a great prop. You use them as a prop to great effect. Yeah, exactly. I just can't keep looking at your computer screen and your ring light in them. That's all. Ri- yeah, yeah, it's tough. It is tough. But the thing is, like, I don't know. I just think it's a better effect to be able to take them on and off. And, and for the points of the video where I don't have them on, there's not that distraction there. I'm, it's so funny you say that because last night, before I fell asleep, I just decided to do something I hadn't done in a while, which was just go and watch all of my videos from front to back just to assess my, you know, the work I've been doing. And, uh, the one thing that irritated me was the glasses, that shining reflection in it. And, uh, but at the same time, I kind of, I'm scared to change anything about the formula that's been relatively successful. So I'm going to take into account the fact that you do feel that way towards it. And the fact that I feel that way towards it. And I'll probably give it a couple shots of just no glasses. Yeah. But hey, hey, if you if you haven't noticed, the ones that I use in the most recent one, those are prescription and they actually have a blue light or, you know, reflection minimizer or whatever. So it's a little less bad at those. Uh, but yeah, I, I should probably address that. It's not the best, uh, most professional thing to keep on. So what's what's the standard like where where's your primary um, like home for content is, is Instagram the target and everything else is ancillary? Like where where all are you at right now? Well, that's a really good question, Kale. And uh, 
Yeah, Instagram is the home. Instagram is the home. And the reason for that is because, and I don't know if it's a result of maybe maybe the other algorithms know that this is a content that's being streamlined across all, all platforms. But for whatever reason, the same exact videos with the same exact soundtracks, by the way, which are unique to each, the, the music you're hearing, it's of course, that's a that's an Instagram real piece of music, right? The, the video I produce is, it doesn't have any music on it. So, yeah. but across all platforms, they've got that pretty much that same song. So, but they don't do numbers at all, Kale, at yeah. all. I'm saying my highest viewed on TikTok is 800 views. My highest viewed on YouTube shorts is three is 299 views and uh so they don't they don't do well on those other platforms now i am f- becoming more familiar with those algorithms and how they behave those algorithms especially tiktok and youtube they really reward consistency and then they will kind of retro boost your stuff in other words if you put five videos out five days in a row it'll look back at day one and two and throw those back into people's algorithms and those numbers can do well instagram it's really independent you can put out one video and it can do really well or not well yeah um, but Instagram is the main home and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that my second place home of it all can be YouTube because to cultivate more of a community, I really would like to get into relatively consistent live streams, particularly ones where we can watch the pay-per-view alongside each other. Of course you can't broadcast it, but yeah. you know what I mean? Kind of building a little family thing there. Um, so yeah, Instagram is number one followed by YouTube and then TikTok, whatever. <laughs> so um, like what, what's your target? Like how often are you looking to, to release? Yeah. Well, so another really good question. I, I, I don't know if you, uh, knew this yet. Uh, I left a little message on Patreon. I don't know if you got that, but I, uh, I recently decided to jump off, you know, that uh, into the deep waters, uh, as much as anybody can jump. And, uh, I, so I actually left my job recently, um, just kind of assessed, made a calculated risk and decided like, this is, this is what I'm going to put an amount of effort in that later on in life I can look back on and say I gave it everything I had. So at this point, um, officially starting Monday, um, one a day, one a day, every single day with sun- likely Sundays not being a day that I post because it doesn't do well for social media anyway. Yeah. And I need a day to kind of recoup and everything. But yeah, one a day is going to be the goal. And um, I'm going to treat it just like office hours. I'm going to be here at this desk kind of just producing these things and trying to help as many people as I can and also just trying to grow this brand quote unquote into, into something, Dude. something bigger. I, I put all my chips in at this point. So how one are day. you going to keep up that production quality? <laughs> it's well, here's what I realized. This is what made me do the like, job. You're going to try and do some bigger, more produced pieces and then little hits daily. Well, that's not something that I really have my eye on just because I, I don't really know how to do smaller ones. They really do all take, it's almost like it's almost like you might as well make it a really well produced. If you're going to do it, do it all the way. Because once you have Adobe Premiere open and you're trying to time all of the sequences so that you keep viewer retention, you this day and age you cannot have a half second gap of silence or, or non interesting content because people click right off. So you have to pay such attention to it. If you're going to make a short one, you might as well make a long one or like a you know whatever. You want to make sure the content's there. So, but to be honest with you, Kale, like I've. I, it's not the same now as it, as it was at the beginning. That first guide you're talking about that had some good views and all of that, it took me like five or six hours. Now I could put that same video out in probably two or three because I've gotten refined in my methods. I know how to write the script, edit the script, um, whatever, get the camera positioning right, all of that stuff. Yeah. It, it comes a lot faster. So Everything I do have some concerns, yeah. but I, I think I can do it one a day pretty easily at this level. So uh, obviously we're in the minutia, but I find this stuff interesting. So yeah. uh, I'm just wondering how you're going to attack it. Like, are you going to try, like you're going to spend 
a certain amount of each week is going to be dedicated to scripting. And then you're going to have a filming day and you're going to knock out a ton of filming. And then from there it's editing, editing, editing. So you can be posting and then you're back to scripting and it's just a cycle like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I really haven't thought that that far into it. As the, the blueprint I have now is just to do it the same way that I've done it, which is just pump out a video from front to back and then do it, do it again the next day. I don't know. It's a really good. You're bringing up some really good questions. I haven't really well, thought about yet, dude. Because especially if you're going to want to get into um, the live streaming, and if you want yeah. to be doing targeted videos around bigger fights, you've got to be looking at that calendar, and you've got to be mapping those out. You can't wing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I say that yeah. where I'm like the king of like not paying attention to the calendar. Like it's a festivist <laughs> miracle that I remember today to wish everyone a happy Memorial Day. Like it's just because yeah. you're always time traveling when you're recording. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. And so to keep that in your mind, um, you know, you got to be you got to be a real pro. And without being intentional about it, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. Well, that that's a really good point. I think at this point, like I just. So let's say, let's say this Monday comes, right? I want to make a video talking about uh, biggest upsets. I'll just throw this out there. Biggest upsets of all time. That could be like a series. Biggest UFC up, upsets of all time, right? And I want to talk about Amanda Nunes' loss to, um, her, her name escapes me. Uh, the Oh my goodness. Um, Amanda Nunes, she lost the belt to, see, this is going to drive me crazy. And as, yeah, Juliana Pena. So she lost the belt, I think it was about a year ago. Huge upset. But the idea would be to cover a topic that has one half of the main event of a, of a pay-per-view coming up, and, and hopefully that gets a little bit of a boost in the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. So not, not necessarily like winging it like that. I do have it kind of like a scratch pad of ideas, but looking at the calendar kind of day by day and saying, well, what, what would be pertinent for, for an event coming up. But remember most of the content I do want to direct just at newer guests, yeah. newer, you know, newer people to, uh, to the, to the page and to the UFC in general. So I, I haven't really worried too much about the calendar and all of that to be completely honest with you, Kale, I really am at a point where like, I've got the quality down. I need to worry about quantity because yeah. I truly, especially with the, with the jump I've made, I really want to get the ball rolling and see see how fast this thing can grow. And I know that's a little bit counterintuitive to a lot, a lot of people say, oh, take your time to, you know, whatever. Well, no, but I want to put out volume. I want to get this thing going and I want to make this thing my job as soon as yeah. I can. So that way that can branch into other avenues of making it my job. No, I think there's, I think there's some wisdom in that. I think you're in the, like, what you're saying you've done is you, you've burned all your boats, right? Like that's, that's right. the thing. Like um, now, like if you want to eat, you got to kill. Like there you go. There, there you go. There's not a safety net. Um, and you're in the right time and place in life to do that. Right. Like the, the only stomach you're responsible for right now is, is your own. And if you, you and, if, and if you go hungry for a few days, it's not gonna be fun. But you're not going to die. Um, yeah, you couldn't have said it better myself. You know? And so I, I think there's, um, I think there's some wisdom there. I think there's some, uh, excitement there. I do yeah. think, um, Right now, just part of the service we provide here on the Solid Seven Podcast, we're gonna bring we're gonna brainstorm some talk, topics. And all I want I like is it. a creator. Oh my gosh! All I want is a creator byline on these videos. I I think um, now, like this is the Christian background, right? That you're gonna identify with this. I think 100. You need to think of some good series. You need, especially if you're posting daily, like. Let, let's let's think about like what's something you could get five straight data or if you want to look at it as a whole week if you're dumping Sundays right like Monday through Saturday what's something that gives you a daily video that one leads into the next and they build right that 
uh, you know, stick around, you know, that tune in for part two. There's this guy, like, I don't, mm, he's so smart. Like, like there, there's this guy on Instagram. I see his stuff. I haven't followed him because he kind of turns me off, but he's really compelling, compelling all at the same time. He's this like long gray haired, like hippie intellectual dude. I think he teaches English or something. He does Piper or something, I think is his name, but like he finishes like all of his videos with like, come along if you want to. And it's just a great tag, Right. Or like I found this guy on Instagram recently that's just this like really like just plain down home like normal guy. You look at him. He could be 16. He could be 40. He's just cooking barbecue in his kitchen. He's got a southern twang. He's like a paramedic. He's just trying to like serve God, his family, and his community. And he's just, mm -hmm. he's just making barbecue in his kitchen. Uh, and it, like the dude's just so nice. He's not fancy. Like there is no, it's funny because he has X factor, but not the normal kind. Yeah, I hear what like you're he's saying. compelling to watch. And then like every time he's done cooking, he takes a bite. Uh, right. And it's like, uh, you know, he chews, he does what everybody does in their food videos, the closed eyes, the head shake. And <laughs> then he goes, and that's where it's at. Only he, only it's more compelling when he does it. So I'm not saying you need a tagline or a hook. That's not my point. But like, if yeah, you could yeah. do, um, you know, um, that cliffhanger version of, yeah. of what you're doing. So I think some series I think would be a great idea. I think a countdown of greatest upsets would be a great one to do. So oh, rather wow, than, rather than you're wow. going to do one video of greatest upsets, cause there's been many, many, that's a week's, a con that's a week's worth of content, dude. That's true. Wow. Like you talked about the Amanda upset. And my brain went straight to, well, Holly beating Rhonda is a bigger women's upset. That's than a that huge was, one. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, you've got to cover that, but you're going to have a hard time tying that into an upcoming fight, obviously, yeah. uh, un unless you're also going to track with professional wrestling, um, <laughs> quote unquote, professional wrestling. I know you're a fan, yeah. but I don't have to have that argument yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that's there. I think um, everybody loves a good fail video. Yeah. I mean, just I like straight 100% just lead off with Ben Askren taking a knee to the face in like five seconds. Um, all this smack talk that led up to it from him. Yeah. And then just getting knocked out. Yeah. Or like all the many times somebody's gotten overly cocky in the octagon, done a oh, little, yeah. done a little dance, done a little shimmy. And next thing you know, they're seeing stars. So I, oh, man. I think, I, I mean, and fail videos, like that's the gift that keeps on giving. Right. Yeah, like, you're not wrong. Um, ups, any kind of upsets and underdogs always. So I think uh, like you, you're going to get a lot of mileage, but I think it's going to get tougher and tougher to do that. Like newbie, like at some point yeah, you're going to, sure, you're going to sure. have told everybody everything they need to know. Right. right for sure. Um, and so then you're going to have to get into like, what do you want to grow into? Like, like, what do you see? Do you want to end up doing some interview style stuff? Obviously you want to do uh, some live stuff. 100%. Yeah. Listen, listen, I assume when you say live, you're, you're talking somewhat along the lines of, uh, you know, like the, uh, the, the Joe Rogan and the, like the everybody sitting around watching the fight like that, or you just want to commentate live yourself. No, no, no. That, that that would be the idea. Like Joe Rogan's like old fight companion ones. Yes. Like that would be the idea. Especially if I, I would love to incorporate a way to have fans in on yeah. a discord call and you know, in and out every once in a while, but yeah, you're, you know what's funny? Well, you're, listen, you're really I'm going to right tell you man. right now, right now, I, I don't even want you to feel the the pressure, the wondering, the will he, won't he, stressing out over asking. 100% I am in 
on the John Reyes MMA Fight Companion. I'm there. That's awesome. I'm, That's I'm awesome. so down. I was re- I was really worried. I was, I was like, should I ask? I don't know. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Seriously, it would be. Yeah, that I would love that. that would be a good time. Now, would it be um, more fun with Brian Callen there? Yes, it would be. Do I think we can get him? No, I don't. But uh he's a little busy. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, I think we can do our own. Um, well, you're you're really you're really asking a lot of the the, the big questions. And so I'll, I'll be honest with you. The one you just asked me is the one that makes me the most, I'll just be completely honest, makes me the most, I think, worried or worried is maybe not the right word, but anxious or at least aware, which you asked, what, what do you want this to grow into? Yeah. Because you make a very good point. And that's very true. Beginner guides, are they have a certain amount of mileage before they've, bur- they've burnt out. You, you can only cover so much beginner topics before you get to the point where you, oh, you're clearly reaching for beginner things. To, you know, you cover the main ones and that's it. But um, to answer your question, as broad as it may seem, MMA content, right? Putting videos together that just highlight the UFC specifically is what makes me most happy. Uh, but when I think about what even that in itself could turn into, I, I truly don't know yet. And I'm, I'm finding peace with just that that realization, that answer. Yeah. I really am super tunnel vision on just making this my job. That's my number one priority. And I'm I'm I guess you could say that I'm kind of betting on the notion of figuring more out as I go yeah. because I would love to be a UFC commentator one day. I think I'm more than capable of getting the job done in a, in a manner that's, that's, you know, above, you know, above average and better than someone else could um, potentially. But I don't know that that's ultimately even where my heart is either. Right. I just, I know one thing I love the UFC. I've always had a passion for making content and I have a kind of this blind faith that that's going to carry me somewhere even more fulfilling than than yeah. this success has. So, well, here here's the thing, right? Is outside of people who work for and are paid by the UFC, right? Yeah. There, there's one biggest name in, uh, you know, like MMA reporting, commentating, interviewing, whatever. I'm going to count to three. We're going to say it at the same time. One. Well, hold two. on. There's not. This, what do you? So yes, I need there a couple is. more it's hits. Ari- a I mean, Ariel Hawani is the. Oh, okay. Yes. The outs- yeah, he's the number one. Outside of, of being on the payroll, like to promote UFC, he he's the big name, and yes. but especially o- over the years, and you know, if you getting into why. So I mean, listeners, somebody Ariel's a guy who, whether or not you want to call him a reporter, a commentator, covers MMA, has forever. He's done that for the big organizations um, like ESPN and stuff like that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. So I haven't kept up with, with him at this point. Yeah, yep. He's basically a citizen journalist though. He's kind of doing his own thing, but he's doing it with uh, you know, a, b- a big budget and a fair amount of resource. Uh, he does it on a big scale, but what, what you're doing is really no, or, or what you have the potential to do is really no different. And I think you know me well enough to know, I'm not going to sit here and blow sunshine up your skirt. You're more right. compelling on screen. You're a better communicator than Ariel is. So there's no reason you can't be doing this on that same scale or bigger. I mean, just none. 100%. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And look that I, I think I'm afraid to like tell myself those types of things. Cause I, I really just, I, I guess I'm at the mentality of like, well, if this first stage doesn't happen, I'm not even going to worry about that other stuff, but you're, you're kind of, you're kind of like bringing a little bit of like light out of me. I'm not in the sense that like, I want to just kind of openly come out and say it like, yes, I do. I do want to do that. I do want to be an MMA personality, whatever that is, the Chael Sonnens of the world that didn't actually go and fight for championships. You know I what I mean? Just the, love Chael the folks who have so that much. passion to deliver it and, and do it well. No one talks smack better than Chael. Not even Connor. No one. Not uh, even he's, close. The, he's the king of the art form. Oh my god! And he, he does it. He's so dry. Like he can deliver it with such faith and belief. It's, 
it's magical. I mean, it's he's like never watching lost pa- a fight. He's never lost a round. It's like watching Picasso paint. I love it so much. It's so good. And it's so fun. It's, actually, like, it's so good, but you know that most people don't get it. Yeah. It, no, so that's, layers. that's the joke. That's what's fun. Like where the real comedy comes in is when the joke goes over somebody's head. There you and go. like when he's under their skin, when it's like, you don't get like, it's, it's hyperbole for hyperbole's sake. Like your reaction is the joke. There you go. He knows what he's saying isn't true. He kn- he knows. Right. And that you think for a second he doesn't know is beautiful. Oh man. That's so, that's anyway, listeners, in. if so you're not good. an MMA fan, if you're not like if you just enjoy some solid trash talk. Chael, yeah. it's spelled really weird. What is it C H A E L or something? Sonin S O N N E N. Look him up. There's yeah. gonna be plenty of clips, plenty of footage out there. Uh Chael was yeah. uh, you know, I mean, he was a threat, he was a reasonable fighter in his time. But he's yeah. he's best as a as a trash talker and a commentator. So it's, good, so good. I'd be lying if I if I didn't say he was one of my inspirations. Yeah. He absolutely is, and uh, yeah, the fact that it can be so organic too is what I desire. He, I, I don't want to have yeah. to try, right? He's, like he just doesn't try. He's so, so antagonistic, and you're such a, a kind soul. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe not his exact approach, but something <laughs> along those lines. Something he just has fun with it, and at the end of the yeah. day, that to me is what people respond well to. When you're not trying, you're just doing. Right. They connect with that because it's you're, you're just you're on the same kind of like wavelength of thinking as them. You're just kind of hanging out. Do you give the podcast a testament to this? You're just kind of hanging out. Yeah. But that's where people really get something from it is when you, you're just kind of hanging out, but it takes them on a journey. So that, yeah. that's that's all I desire. And content is my medium to, to kind of start down that road. I really appreciate the, the conversation about this. Kale, yeah. Like I said at the beginning, man, creative endeavors are no joke on the mental, especially when you put all your chips on the table. So uh so yeah, this is I've I've really enjoyed this uh, just kind of yeah. eye-opening conversations about it. Now the other thing I'd toss out there that's on my mind while we're talking about this, um, other than being professional enough to turn off my notifications while we record, um, is uh, is that where wherever you're at, wherever you're going to be, I, I think it makes sense uh, to to uh, kind of focus on Instagram and kind of let things ripple out from there. Um, but I think right now. Um, and I'm not back. I never left. I think right now, any creator, my, myself included, I was looking at this week at, I'm like, I, I, I always threaten to put out more content. I've always, uh, like, I always threaten on the podcast. Like I want to be posting once a day. Like I'll just fire up the camera and do a reel. People do that. I'll just, I'll just do yeah. that. Like do something right. And I'll just sound off on news of the day for, for a second. So I've got to post. And then I don't, because I'm like, it, it's funny because at the same time that I'll watch somebody's content who's doing that, when it comes time to like do content like that for myself, I'm like, who cares? Who wants, who cares? Right. Um, but the, the format that's always resonated, always resonated with me is Twitter. And listen, I get that right now, as we sit here, like telling somebody you need to be on Twitter, I get that that's an old man comment, but that's not going to be an old man comment much longer I know mm. that a lot of the big media reporting on what Elon's doing over at Twitter is that it's a hot mess and it's, he doesn't know what he's doing. And he's just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. And it's because it's people who don't understand engineering and don't understand Elon and haven't yeah. watched things like SpaceX where it's like, go fast, break things. When you find the thing that breaks, fix it and go again. That's what he's doing at Twitter. It's not haphazard and it does keep getting better and better. And I've been on Twitter for a long, long time. I was a very early adopter. I've never been off of it. It's still my favorite. Wow. It's still my favorite social media. But what Elon's starting to do right now for creators, 
where he's already activated subscriptions now in all of that money, minus what the app stores take is going to the creator for the first year. Um, He's already greatly improved the length of video that you can upload. He's beginning to increase the quality of a video that you can upload. And like they're wanting to make it a legit avenue for creators to earn a living. Um, it's he he's already clued in. I've seen people comment like how quick and easy it would be for Twitter to make just minor changes and immediately become the top podcasting app in the in the world and they're right and he sees that and that and that's coming um and i i just think like twitter feels like old media it's like oh why do i want to be on myspace it's man elon's a different deal i you just can't say it on here all the time can't bet against elon musk and the stuff he's doing right now uh for creators on top of like you look at elon and he's he's subscribed to like 74 different people already. Like he, like I get five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month. What other these people are charging for their subscriptions is nothing like it's, it, it, it might as well be zero to him. Uh, but that he's doing it and that he's supporting it. Um, and so, I mean, I, I follow a lot of people in, in the space space, like a lot of people that are covering aerospace and rocketry and space travel and stuff right now. And so yeah. of course they're kind of pre-primed to be there. But the, these are top-notch creators. These are people like Tim Ferriss who, dude, I'm telling you, if you haven't ever listened to me and checked out Everyday Astronauts content, John, you need to because he's doing with um, rockets and space travel what you're trying to do for MMA. Like that's where really? where his tagline is bringing space down to earth for everyday people. It's it's yeah. taking that and explaining it and sparking that interest and giving those layman's explanations and breaking things down. It's, it's the same thing. It's just It's just different topic. Um, and, but he's like, Elon loves and supports those people. Um, you know, uh, NASA space, space flight and Ellie in space and, uh, you know, John Krause, all these different photographers, content creators, cosmic perspective. And like, they chime in of like, oh, it would be really nice if it worked this way. It would be really nice if we had that And literally like within days, it's like, here's that functionality. I, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's already becoming and is going to continue to become this incredible space for creators, not just to share uh, their work, not just to share their art, but to to earn from it and have a piece of the pie. Um, I'd be there early. I know it wow. sounds I know it sounds funny to tell somebody to be someplace to, to be at Twitter early. Um, well, I mean, it makes sense in this context because he's. he's but I, I have noticed that as soon as he's taken over, just stuff just changes so quick. There's no there's no red tape it has to go through. There's no whatever. It just happens. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, uh, it's interesting. I mean, I'll just, I'll say this. I've, I've tried to put some content out there and it's not, I mean, for, look, just streamlining my exact video files across all, it's not super friendly for that because it doesn't have built-in audio that you can put music on. And then I'm afraid if I do put it on, it'll get copyrighted or whatever. Yeah. But I'm, I'm actually on my JMMA Twitter right now. And, um, and I'm really taking in what you're saying. Cause I can see that happening. Yeah. I, I think it'll be there. And I've been like, it's, that's just that, that format just speaks so much more to me where like banging out and sending out a quick thought to share or sharing something there that I've seen uh, for whatever reason has always clicked more with me than Instagram. So I still think I've got to have the podcast on Instagram. I still think I've got to make those posts. I think I still need to to share that content. 
Um, uh, you know, I still need to buckle down and be getting to where I'm sharing some video and audio clips and whatever. But I, I really do think, uh, and this is a, a bit of a like tipping you off to to the listeners. If you're not following the the podcast on on Twitter, and I'll tell you from the number of follows that are there, which I think is like 11, you're not. <laughs> um, uh, go follow there because I, I I really do think I'm going to start to to post and and repost and share more stuff there. It's just um, uh, it, it's just becoming more and more a, a really interesting, really active space, and you are free to talk about what you want to talk about there. Uh, it, you know. You're free to go on and talk smack about Elon. I mean, you just, um, you know, it, it, it's just an, an interesting space. So I, I don't think I'm going to do subscriptions or anything there yet right now. I've got no, um, you know, no drive to, to leave Patreon right now or, or anything like that. And, of course, we, we love our Patreon supporters. I don't know that I'll never move to, to something like that instead of, of Patreon. I, I don't know. Um, it is easier to deliver like subscriber content. Like you can meet, like even posts can be subscriber only. And it's cool the way they're doing it now. Like you still see mm -hmm. the post, but you see like the top of it and then it gets hazy and it's like subscriber only. And, uh, I'm not like, nobody likes to be standing outside the club waiting to get in, you know, <laughs> it's like, dang, what did they say? Bet it was fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, listen, if it's, if it's good enough for now presidential candidate, Ron DeSantis, uh, you know, <laughs> you talking about Twitter in general. Yeah. I mean, were you tuned in yeah. any of that this week? No. So what happened? I'm out of the loop. Well, I say, <laughs> I say this week. So as you're listening to this listeners last week, um, Ron DeSantis formally announced his candidacy for, for the presidency in 2024, um, or his candidacy, at least for the Republican nomination, uh, for, for president, he did it on a Twitter space with Elon. And, they broke Twitter. Um, I, I I got to it late. I was, you know, just, it was early evening. So just doing family stuff and, and I came in, so I didn't really see this. Uh, but evidently it was, it was really hard to get into the space. You to even get into the queue and then to get in. Um, and, and I, th I think it peaked at somewhere around um, 700,000 um, concurrent listeners, um, which people are, so people, uh, you know, like in political reporting, there's like process stories where instead of reporting on the content, you'll talk about how they either got the process right or the process wrong. So uh -huh. it was a great opportunity for a lot of people, um, uh, Trump included, to like mock them botching the process <laughs> as, as though DeSantis was responsible for the servers or the code. Um, and what uh, it's just funny to me because he took a, a lot of hits on that again from like Trump's big time on, on the attack on DeSantis. Like it's obvious there's a few declared candidates now. Uh, Tim, Senator Tim Scott declared, uh, last week as well. Nikki Haley's already been in the race for a while. Uh, there's another young, uh, Indian businessman, uh, the, the name escapes me. He's really compelling. I'm, I'm really, I'm watching him. I'm intrigued by him. Um, so there's a few people in the race and the only name that comes out of, of Trump's mouth is DeSantis, which just tells you, where he sees the threat, where, where, yep. he, where, what he's worried about. Um, so, so they mocked that there were issues with the spaces, which is just, it just strikes me as a bit of a cell phone because it's like, so there was so much interest in hearing from governor DeSantis yeah. that Twitter, which yes, has, has managed larger spaces, couldn't handle the influx. 
evidently, yes, they, they peaked at like 700,000 concurrent listeners or something like that. Um, but why things got bogged down is because evidently at one point there were over 3 million trying to get into the space. <laughs> so it's oh like, so, God. so your knock against him, it was that there, there was so much interest in what he had to say that, that Twitter couldn't handle it. Um, I don't, I don't think that's the own that you think it is. And Oh, by the way, now as that happened yesterday, he announced yesterday as we're recording over the last 24 hours, the DeSantis campaign raised over $8.2 million. Yeah, he's, he's doing stuff. Yeah. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's some interest there. And, and regardless of like how the tech side went, what, what he did in that t- Twitter space for, I don't know, like an hour, an hour and a half was actually take and answer substan- substantive questions on real issues and on policy issues and not duck and did answer them. Um, where, where have we seen that right or left for a long time yeah. now? Like just yeah. sit and open ended, take, take questions yeah. For that long and, and, and riff and, and actually give answers. Uh, I get that there's some legitimate knocks on DeSantis in like his level of charisma and stuff like that. You can coach that stuff. Like you can, you can get there. Um, Absolutely. I, I, I'd like to see him a little farther along with that than he is right now. Um, but I mean, he's clearly not going to be any, any Ronald Reagan, right? Like what a blessing to, to have an accomplished actor. Right. Who also just happens to, um, you know, be a genuine leader. Um, like yeah. you're just, you're just not yeah. going to get, I, I love, you ever seen the clip when, uh, Reagan's given a speech and it was after, uh, John Hinckley had, had tried to assassinate him, but he's giving a speech and a balloon pops out in the crowd and without missing a beat, he goes, missed me. <laughs> I mean, what a, what a G, um, you know, and, uh, Obama was an incredible orator. I, like, I love oration. Yeah. Like I'm so compelled by somebody who can speak well, especially extemporaneously. Like if they can at least seem to be off book, um, and, and deliver well and can riff when you know they're off book because they didn't know what yeah. questions come. They didn't know whatever. That's really, really compelling. Um, talent, yeah, and so it, we'll we'll see how how far they can bring Governor DeSantis along. I don't know that he's my guy yet. I mean, it's there's going to be a primary, right, to determine who the Republican candidate's going to be um, in the race right now. If if you if you made me pick right now, if you put me in a voting booth right now, everything I know about every candidate, I, he'd he'd probably be who I'd vote for. Um, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, I don't know enough about all of them. I, I need to spend a lot more time listening to and looking into Tim Scott. Nikki Haley's a little bit more of a, of a known quantity. I don't know this other guy who's kind of a younger businessman that's in the race. I, I like a lot of what I've seen and heard from him thus far. I, I don't know that he has the experience. I don't know. Uh, like, talk is cheap, you know? So it's easy to say, you know, and the saying is you you campaign in poetry and you govern in prose. Um so, you know, need to know more about them. Um, I'll tell you right now, I don't know who else will still get into this race. There's talk of uh, Mike Trump announcing why, like there couldn't be any less enthusiasm for any candidate, right, left or center. Like nobody wants it except for you, Mr. Pence. Just please don't. Um, 
you know, maybe maybe a few others. There's talk of Governor Sununu. So we'll see. Um, I, I'm probably, uh, I'm, I'm not probably, I'm not going to vote for Trump in the primary. He's just, I, I've said it on here before. I, he's just not my guy. Now, having had four years of him, um, it was a more it was a more conservative and effective uh, administration that I thought I'd get. And if he's top of the ticket, then the math changes. If he's the nominee, the the math changes. Yeah. But he won't be my primary vote. Yeah, I feel that. I, I completely. So I feel like you're not alone on that either. There's a lot of people that that I mean, just feel the same way. I mean, because it's, it's certainly. I, I mean, the, the term was thrown around a lot when he was going up against Hillary, right? The lesser of two evils. A lot, a lot of people would say. Mm-hmm. I just feel like when it comes to, I mean, I just, I want a younger president is, is my thing. This, this has really kind of scarred me, this whole whatever this guy is that's running the country right now. I mean, what in the world? Kale, like it's literally gotten so bad. Yeah. It's gotten so bad. I used to just like not say anything much about it because I was like, eh, well, he's still coherent, but he's not even there anymore. Like meant, it's just gotten so bad. Yeah. Like ridiculous. if I'm other countries and I have any interest in, doing something crazy now's the time i mean what in the world well i like, mean this guy is just we've got what like 320 million people in this country and the idea is like we've whittled it down to our best and <laughs> i don't think we i don't think we did it but i'm trying to remember back to that that election when he was like it was him against trump what on earth like, was he just, have things just gotten so much worse in terms of his ability to be aware and communicate and be a normal human? Or were th- was that like the, the peak of his, that was right before the huge downturn in his mental awareness? I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. How did he get voted spe- for is and, what I'm trying to say. How? Uh, and, and listen, I've, I've been, and you know, people who know me in real life, probably like as a podcast host, would expect me to be more someone along the lines of, you know, like, uh, um, you know, like, a, a, a oh gosh, what's Clay's name? He used to do sports stuff, but he does the radio. He took over the radio show, Rush Limbaugh's radio show with Buck Sexton. And just, uh, you know, like I, I think Jesse Kelly is hilarious and right about a lot of things. So there's a lot of flamethrowers out there, um, that I really appreciate. And if I were going to do a political show, I probably would be more along those lines. And that's just, obviously we talk some politics, um, here. I, it's, I don't think anybody has a hard time figuring out I'm pretty conservative I'm pretty right leaning. I call myself conservatarian. Um, so it, it's not like, um, I'm, I'm not disingenuous, like try to play middle of the road just cause I don't want to offend listeners. Like I talk about politics so little, if you disagree from me, it, it skip to the next episode. You might not hear anything about politics. It's probably not going to tick you yeah. off or, or like stick around. Cause it's not going to kill any of us to hear an opposing view for the love of God. So, uh, but I've tried to be what I don't like on either side of politics is ad hominem attacks, right? Like there's enough that I think is wrong about uh, Joe Biden's policy that I feel like I don't have to pick on the man, you know, for, you know, personal or individual reasons. And so I've always yeah. been willing to give a pass of like, um, you know, he did overcome uh, a bad stutter, right? And so, like, you think about at any given time you're talking, you're still trying to maybe fight that urge. Um, and, you know, when you're somebody who you're talking all the time and you're, you're being recorded all the time that you're talking, it's going to be easy enough to pick out the worst moments. The problem is it's gotten hard to pick out the coherent moments. My, my point exactly. Like, right. I, I don't think that's unfair to say. 
at, at this point. And I don't think you can account for all of it with he had a stutter because you can look at he's been at this for a long time. Um, he's been in politics forever, part of the problem. Um, and uh, so, like, we have plenty of recordings of him talking. And if if you could pass it all off as just the stutter, like, it would have been the same way all the time. And it hasn't been the same way all yeah. the time. Uh, it's just concerning. It's genuinely concerning for me that, that, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird that that's the the president. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. It's something I've never known. Growing up, I mean, the first president I remember was George Bush, right? I'm all I'm talking. I'm not talking about policies or decision making. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about just the the general confidence you get of seeing the person who's in charge. Just the the awareness, the all of all of that. And it's just, oh my gosh. What do you think about the age limit of presidencies at this point? I don't know about an age limit, right? Because it's um, uh, Trump's not my guy. We've already covered that, right? But he's much yeah. more coherent and spry. Yeah, his age, younger. right? So uh, I'm. I've talked about this on here um, in in the context of term limits, and I have the same kind of concerns that the founders shared. Which I'm just not sure how much we want to artificially deprive ourselves of the right person for the job, right? So it's like, oh, this guy is the best and brightest. This would be the best person uh, to to lead to serve in this role. Um, in this moment, but like he was born on the wrong date. So we can't, I, I don't know that we want to do that to ourselves. Now, um, I, I do think like I'm, I'm not where the, the, uh, founders were on term limits. Um, like they didn't think anybody would ever want to spend their life in politics. And it's one of the few things about human nature that they got wrong. And I think we need term limits. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think, man, there's some, they seem like such big problems, but there's, there are some simple fixes. The problem is, um, you know, the foxes are guarding the hen house. So it's like the people that need to pass the change are the people affected by the change. So it's like, there should be term limits. There should be, once you're in elected office, you, all of your investments should have to go into a blind trust. You shouldn't be able to have any say in how or where your money is invested at any time for the entire time that you hold that office. You should never, ever, ever be able to move into uh, becoming a uh, a registered uh, lobbyist. Um, you um, you shouldn't be able to, for some period of time, serve on the board of any other company other than one that you own. Like, there's some simple fixes to our problems, but the problem is, uh, like, Congress isn't going to enact them, and our only other real option. Uh, is to vote all of them out and vote on people who would. It's a tough, that's a tough road to hoe. Um, and then the other option would be like a convention of the states, uh, you know, where the states are calling for a constitutional convention because we're going to propose uh, and pass some uh, constitutional amendment to kind of reign in Congress. A, that's just not going to happen. You're not going to get that many of the states on the same page. B, it's pretty hairy because it's like last time there was a convention to make minor changes to our governing documents, we threw out the Articles of Confederation and got the Constitution. So uh, a convention of the states, it's problematic um, in and of itself. So to answer your question, I just don't know how old is too old. And I don't like Reagan was old and that was always a knock on him. But Reagan was a fantastic president. And how much would it have sucked if we couldn't have, from my perspective, at least if we couldn't have had Reagan just because his birth date was too soon. Uh, I'm hesitant. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess across the board, it, it would be weird to implement some type of 
law. It's just this has given me a horrible yeah. taste in my mouth. And I mean, that's the, made, that's the thing. Uh, but but that, yeah. so that's the problem, right? Like, however old um, Joe Biden is right now, that age is too old for him to be president. But it might not be for too him. old for somebody else you're to right. be president. No, you're right. You're right. So to make a, a rule that spans across everyone wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. How old was Reagan? I think he was in his 80s. There you go then. Yeah. So I guess you're right. It's a perfect example then, so, Reagan. If not when so. he went into office, maybe maybe when he went out. Let's see what the old uh, Wikipedia has to say, the source of all wisdom and knowledge in the world. Um, let's see. In office from 81 to 89 as president. When were you born, buddy? He was born in 1911. So he was 93 when he died in 2004. So 1911 to what I say, 81. So he was a little younger in the 70s. Yeah. And they like, but he got roasted for his age. By, by just. I, I also, so what's funny, it's like you see, um, all of these, all of these gaffes, all of this word salad coming out of our president right now in like major media, like it's just memory hold. Like they have no concerns. They have no questions about it, but it's like, you know, you go back to the first president you remember, which George W. Bush, like W had degrees from Harvard and Yale and the knock on him all the time was that he was an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. They go, it's the, the number one concern of mine is just, I don't know. To me, if you compare back even four or five years ago, the way he used to just kind of speak and be there, felt like he was present. Now it really, really seems like he's been being given a script and that there's not someone actually at the helm. But I mean, we don't have too much, too much longer of that before the next, uh, the next leader takes over. Well, well, I mean, I mean, we'll see. He could win. And he could, he could live another whatever five or six I, years, and he could win. You, can I be honest? Do you? I'm just going to ask you. Do you really think there's a chance? I couldn't believe he was their freaking nominee this last time around. I'll okay, tell you. I'll tell you but... what. I'm terrified. I'm terrified of a president Bernie Sanders. I'm I'm terrified, and I can't believe that we are have even gotten to a place in the United States of America where an open socialist, forget the whole democratic socialist thing, that's garbage, where an open socialist was like, it was even a possibility, it was even a threat that he would be the nominee, let alone electable. All that being said, the Democrat Party 100% screwed Bernie Sanders out of the nomination. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've actually looked a little bit into that back when, because it was when it was against, it was when Trump, the year Trump won, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I looked into that a little bit. So um, the way they do their super delegates and all that stuff, whatever their process is for how they arrive at their nominee, um, there were shockingly, shockingly some shady goings on that prevented yeah. him from becoming the nominee. But uh, if everything had been on the up, up and up. Uh, and everything just left to their own devices. He would have been the, the Democratic nominee. So we would I, have been burning. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I couldn't burn. believe, especially from the, you know, I think it's fair to say the the more liberal, progressive, whatever party in American politics, um, that for all of their talk of, 
um, privilege and intersectionality and, and all of this garbage, um, your nominee was an old white dude, same as ours. <laughs> Just another old white dude. Who, who, by the way, um, was one of the major drivers and supporters of the 94 crime bill that has probably put done more to put more black men in prison than any single thing in the history of our country. Yeah. But he, but I mean, he's your guy. How about the vice president? How about that vice president? Oh my gosh. Got? Isn't it something, man? Yeah. Well, and I mean, <laughs> you, you hear her speak and it ain't much better. Than yeah. Him. It's funny you say that. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so aye, aye, aye. God help us all. Um, I don't, I mean, you're, you're a Florida resident like me. Uh, I, I've got, I, I don't think he's a, a perfect candidate. I don't think he's without his weaknesses. Uh, I've got no qualms or hesitations with, uh, with the, a prospective president DeSantis. Me neither. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, and at this point, I mean, I think he, I just, I hope he's the nominee. I do. Cause yeah. things will feel normal again. I mean, think about it. The last time it's just, it, I, I, whatever Trump is Trump, but like, I just things don't feel normal and they haven't for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. They just haven't felt normal in a long time. I just want something normal, well, relatively and, normal. And that's the thing. Even as we've moved past him, we haven't even we haven't been able to move past him. One, the the left and the media love him as a target. They don't want yeah. they don't want him out of the spotlight and they oh, don't no, want he's they ratings. don't, they he's, don't he's want him out of the conversation. Ratings. And then of course he's looming there. Like he could run again. He he could be president again. So we're past him, but we're not past him, right? So he's still in right. the conversation. He's still, um, you know, even w like his attacks on DeSantis, it's been hilarious because he's like, um, you know, he might be better than the Democratic governors, but as a Republic governor, he's he's barely average and closed the state. And even Governor Cuomo performed better than him during COVID and blah, blah, blah. All these knocks on DeSantis. So what's... Um, uh, was hilarious is, and I'm going to try and remember his name and I'm going to botch it. Um, oh gosh, Dave Rubin, uh, his team edited together with that clip of Trump saying all these things about governor DeSantis, all of these clips of Trump praising DeSantis and directly contradicting this thing he's saying about him now, about how great he is, how great a job he did, what a great leader he is, how Florida yep. is the model. Um, yeah. So, and it's just, it's so funny. It's always that thing with Trump. Like he's the greatest, he's the smartest, he's the best leader. I only hire the best people, but there's all these people who they've left or been fired or they've been indicted or they've been convicted and they were always an idiot and they were the worst and they were riding his coattails. Why'd you hire bro? Why'd you? He's a salesman. Like, he hey, can spin it any way he wants to um, when he wants to. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, I so I, I say all that to say like, yeah, he lost the last election, but that that wasn't enough to move past to I don't think like I don't want a complete return to normalcy norm, uh, normalcy. Um I think Jesse Kelly is right. I do think we need I I think from a conservative standpoint, from a social standpoint, conservatives need to be more um on offense. I think we've ceded too much ground. We've wanted to play nice. Um, we, you know, we've relied on things like, like shared values and shared history. And I don't think that's there anymore. And I think, um, that, and this is the kind of stuff that, you know, gets, gets touted as, oh, that's, that's violent rhetoric. 
nobody should be like, there's no need to resort to any kind of violence. I, I'm not touting anything like that, but do need to be more aggressive in, in reclaiming ground in, in society and in influence um, need to be running for school boards, need to be running for city councils, need to be saying, uh, you know, the kind of things we've done here in Florida, um, the, the actual things we've done, not what we've been accused of, of, oh, they're banning books. No, we're saying that book's not appropriate for that age group. It's, it's, it might be okay for this age group. It's funny <laughs> nobody, when you, nobody looks into things. They want headlines. They don't look into actual things that are going on. They just like the headlines. John, what's crazy, dude. Have you seen these clips where, where a parent will go into a, like a school board meeting and they'll start reading from these graphic, graphic, pornographic books oh from their child's library. Um, like literally with, with illustrated sexual acts and descriptions of sexual acts, they cut their microphones because it's not decent for the meeting. We can't broadcast this. This will have to be pulled off the air. This violates FCC guidelines. This isn't appropriate content for this meeting or this setting. And the parents always make the obvious point that I literally just watched cross your eyes. If this isn't appropriate for the adults in this room, how is it appropriate for our third graders, fourth graders, heck, eighth graders? Like, in... We, we didn't used to have to worry about disagreeing about things like this. Kale. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you something. I, I've always been because I grew my, my mom. I, I love you, mom. If you're listening to this, but my mom has always been on the side of like conspiracy theory ish as I grew up and, and used to almost comically, she would, she would almost like adopt the personality of like the, you know, the, what do they say? The tinfoil, whatever. Yeah. Like she, she almost, it was kind of her shtick and she would laugh with us kind of going too far and being silly and stuff. But it, it pushed me too far in the other direction of just saying, ah, things are no big deal. I mean, there, there's, come on, no one's, no one would do that. No one in the last year, two, three years, Kale, like genuinely, I, I'm not kidding around about this. There really is some evil, evil stuff going yeah. on. I'm serious. There's, there's some people in really high places with really dark intentions for the big picture, for the macro. And it's scary, but more importantly than it being scary, it has shifted me from like a, a very passive kind of, uh, oh, let it, let it be, it'll all be okay, to like, no, if I'm not a part of the solution, I'm a part of the problem because yeah. they are on, like you said, they're on the offense. Whoever these just the disgusting, I mean, you hear the stuff about the like Balenciaga and all that, like they're on the offense. That is so yeah. disgusting, but it is, but more importantly, and I have to continue to remind myself of this, it is real. Yeah, my 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 mind. It grew. I grew up in the church, I, which is a great thing. But I, I I adopted this naivety to myself, and it really, really like I've had to unlearn those things and realize like this stuff is not a joke. This stuff is real. And sure, there are people who who that worry about the wrong things to to a crazy extent, and they they make it sound like you know they they sound crazy, and they make people believe no, none of that's real, whatever. But but it's so real. It's so real. It's so evil. Yeah. And it's so more important than anything. It's so active. Like they are on the offense. I can't. This stuff it blows my mind. What you just said, but at the same time, it doesn't. And I know you know what I mean by that. Yeah. Well, so let let's talk about like real real news of the day. I mean, not that the the DeSantis announcement wasn't wasn't big news as much for process as the announcement itself. I, I don't think that he announced was any big surprise to anyone. Um, you know, but of course, slightly older news has been the whole issue with you know, Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney. Um, and man, have they paid a steep, steep price. I mean, 
I, I literally like I've, I'm seeing I've seen displays like full displays being shown of of cases of Bud Light. They're priced at fifteen dollars, and there's a giant display. Scan this QR code for a fifteen dollar rebate. The beer is free. It's fifteen dollars, fifteen dollar rebate. It's sitting there. No one will touch it. Not just Bud Light, but like all of InBev, InBev, which but Budweiser, Bud Light, not an American company. Of course, that's where its roots were, but it was bought out by a foreign company years ago now. Um, and so, like, they're reeling from that. And um, the thought was, oh, well, maybe these companies will, will really start to learn their lesson. Disney's taken some hits on this stuff. Uh, yep. Disney's at their lowest uh, stock value in years right now. Uh, yeah. You know, Bud Light getting getting hammered. You can't give the stuff away. And we're like, oh, like maybe we'll see an upturn. And then Target was like, oh, here, hold my Bud Light. Um, and so I, I've seen pride stuff in Target for, I don't know, y- years. Um, but what's what's new? And I, this was you were touching on this some, particularly with Balenciaga. Like what's changed is like the targeting of kids. Yeah. And so it's like what what wasn't at Target was like pride and and trans um products for toddlers, onesies. Yeah. Like yeah. onesies. Um the the binding garments and the the tuck friendly clothes in in youth sizes. Um and it's like this isn't this isn't what the fight is. I'm not saying, oh, I want you to get rid of all that stuff, and I want you carrying Christian themed shirts or conservative right. themed shirts. Right? No, I want you to just carry shirts, <laughs> like just have shirts, and then I don't care who buys them. I yeah. I don't care if someone who's trans buys them. I don't care if a Democrat buys them. I don't care. I don't care. Just carry yeah. shirts. Like it, it's so disingenuous from these businesses where it's just a money play. And the problem is, like, for the longest time, conservatives haven't been the boycotting type. It hasn't hurt your bottom line to offend yeah. us or tick us off. Yeah. And it appears that those days are over. Target John has lost nine billion with a B in market cap in the last week. Target is worth nine billion dollars less right now than they were a week ago. And it's what changed. It's it's this aspect of of the kids. There's this concerted effort. People want to use the rude groom, word groomer, whatever. Like. The idea that it's even in question that like a kid can be at school and say, I want to change genders and the school will keep that from the parents. It, it's what we're talking about. Concealing is a mental health issue. It is, right. it is gender dysphoria. It's not, right. it's not distinctly different from other types of body dysmorphia. Yeah. And if target was selling designer tongue depressors for people with which one throws up bulimia, anorexia. Yeah. I don't know. We'd all have a problem with that. 
we'd all say, Target, that's disgusting. How dare right. you feed into that right. illness? Right. But if you want to sell binding garments and tucking garments, have have at it. Oh, and by the way, go ahead and have someone who's an open avowed Satanist design them. That's where we're at. No, but that's what I mean, though. That right there, that's the proof. See, like the the guys behind all of it is like inclusivity. The guys is like, you know, help with the mental health, you know, don't make anybody feel left out and all this nonsense. And it's such, if you take a step back and look at the whole equation, it's like, yeah, that's a pretty genius strategy through which to, to go about it, right? Because that's how you can hide it. But you can only hide it for so long. Eventually you get so blatant where people start to wake up. And that's the one thing that I cling to is that, to me, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if there was maybe more. I'm just trying to think. You know, play devil's ad, not devil's advocate, but like you know, if I'm the evil in this, it's like, well, you, you jumped a little too fast to this because now people are starting to wake up, which I'm thankful for. But um, I didn't know it was nine billion. That that I didn't know. That that's absolutely wild. Um, well, I had heard only something briefly about Target. I didn't know it was that. So oh in gosh. in some places they have moved simply moved the displays of these products, so they're not front and center. In some places, apparently, they have removed the products altogether. But then the problem, because they, they still don't get it, um, is that what's leaking are these memos and these letters from, from their leadership down um, saying we, you know, we support. And so it's like the support and the goal hasn't changed. And somehow they think that message is going to stay internal. And if they don't start to get it and pivot, they're going to keep bleeding money. And again, I don't want Target pushing my message. I don't want Target pushing any message. I want Target selling quality products at affordable prices and allowing me to check out with a cashier that's more competent than what I can get at Walmart. That's what I'm looking for. There you go. There you go. I want to stop by the Starbucks, get an Americano, I want to go look at video games and video game systems that I'm not going to buy because I'm 42 years old with two kids. Off, Kale, go. Right? Go. Let let me buy listen some of their branded snacks. I can't remember what their brand is. They're delicious. I want yeah. to buy some delicious snacks. I don't need you to push my message. I just don't also don't want you to push these other messages. I don't want you to to be supporting and encouraging mental health problems. I don't want you to be attacking the the fabric of American society and American home. Like sell, like put a palm tree on a teal shirt and then sell it to whoever you want. I don't care. <sighs> I, I'm not saying I don't want to shop with gay people. I'm not saying I don't want to shop with trans people. I, I it's, 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 it's none of that. And that's what it gets painted as. Yeah, of course. Right. That's, the, well, that's, so, that's how you have to paint it if you're the opposition, right? You know, like I, I've seen, it was funny. I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of this company, but there's a firearms manufacturer uh, named Heckler & Koch. It goes by, by H&K. Uh, and some uh, social media manager at H&K, um, you know, they got, they got ahead of themselves and they posted some, um, you know, wokey identity politics post on H&K and like, guess what the gun community is just not into, right? And so they got roasted and they pivoted fast, right? But they made a social media post and it had like a street sign and it's like, uh, we don't do identity politics. Mistakes were made. 
changes, uh, mistakes happened, changes have been made. And then like, there was a follow-up joking post. Um, it was like, uh, you know, our new, uh, social media manager day one. And it was the clip of Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic park, looking at the giant pile of dinosaur crap, right? Like they, they owned it. They made a joke of it. I saw somebody, it might've been a comedian. I don't know if it was like, uh, you know, Bill Burr, or, you know, all these guys that are on social media all the time. They're like, if Bud Light would just come out and post the clip, um, from the hangover of Bradley Cooper going, man, we, we screwed up. He doesn't say screwed up. I'm yeah, like, yeah. they'd come back so quick. Like you would have to separate, right? Like you, you would have to show the, 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 you know, the Dylan Mulvaney cans and the trash and just own like, Hey, we, we missed it. We didn't understand who our market was, uh, our bad. And so, <laughs> to uh, say the least. <laughs> and, but other companies have capitalized on this where, um, like the, the, the beer maker brew or whatever you're supposed to call them yingling, like without even addressing it, they address it where it's like, they've just made posts or run ads of just like brewing quality beer in America since, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the subtext is like this, we're just worried about this. This is what we do. Oh, what are your thoughts on this social thing? Don't know. We're, uh, we're a company. We're an inanimate object. We don't have thoughts. We just are trying to make a good product that you want for the price we want to charge for it. That's all you have to do. You, you know what's crazy to me, John? Now, I don't know. You are a beautiful, proud Latino man. And so yeah. I need some input from you here. I don't know if Target holds the same place in your culture as it does for we middle-class white people. But let me tell you, and more specifically... The, the middle-class white woman um, is, is never more at home than, than grabbing a pumpkin spice latte in a Target and, and shopping. I mean, it's yep. just ingrained in the culture. Right. Um, yep. Target has managed what no amount of intelligence, what no amount of marketing budget could ever have done, which is... They've driven me back to Walmart. <laughs> nothing else. Nothing else. There's nothing Walmart could have done where I would have been like, you know what? Let's give it another go. But I'm back, baby. I'm back to my roots. Dude, I grew up in small town, central Florida. Like the uh -huh. only thing there was to do was to go to Walmart. Let me explain yeah, to you the fun. extent to which it was the only thing to do in town. Uh, we had a Pizza Hut. That was nice. We had a McDonald's. I think we had a Burger King and a Subway. Um, but if you were going to go do something, you were going to Walmart. That small town of, at the time, like 30, 33, 36,000 people uh, got like the, if it wasn't the first, it was like the second super Walmart in the country. Wow. But it's because like per capita, the Walmart did such great numbers because there was nothing else to do. Yeah, you couldn't even, exactly. You couldn't go to you couldn't go to Kmart, wasn't there. You couldn't go to Target, wasn't there. Uh, yeah. but you know, listen, service and quality and whatever, it's like when Target's available, why why? Well, I'll tell you why. Because you know what Walmart's trying to do? Just sell me as much cheap crap as they possibly can. What's Walmart about? As much cheap crap as you can possibly buy. You need yeah. tires, haircut, and some yogurt. We got you. <laughs> haircut. We got you. Yeah, you that's can, crazy. And some, hey, you want to do a little banking? Okay. It's crazy. You need a box of ammunition, some fishing lures, 
uh, and a two liter of Pepsi. We got you. It's crazy. Okay. You're right. Walmart. Walmart. Right here on the podcast. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. I love it. No, I mean, <laughs> nothing they did. Never. <laughs> No, not for groceries, because, listen, I still live in the land of Publix. Let's not be ridiculous. Yeah, let's not get crazy now. Uh, but, uh, you know, I need to buy, uh, like, an off-brand Yeti. Okay, well, Walmart, here I come. It's brilliant. You're 100% right. You're nailing it all. It did used to be, like, my favorite place to buy 9mm ammunition. It was always readily in stock, and it, and it was cheap. Uh, but I, and that was, that was the one thing that would, I would still go in for. I would go straight to the desk. I would get what ammunition I wanted. I would leave. Uh, mm. I haven't even done that for some time. The ammunition market got crazy there for, for quite a while. Still not back to where it was, but it used to be, you could pop in a Walmart and buy a box of 50 rounds of, uh, nine millimeter ammunition, uh, for like sub 10 bucks. Like, let's go like good, like yeah. good. That wasn't super dirty and wouldn't foul your firearm. And, uh, which just as, as an aside, real quick, I want to educate the listener. I want to educate the listener. Um, when, when you're watching the news and you're like, this person got stopped or this home got raided and they had an arsenal or they had a stockpile of ammunition and, you, and, and that stockpile was like, oh, they had 2,000 rounds of ammunition or rifle ammunition or um, they might incorrectly say bullets. Um, that is not a stockpile. That's, that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of stockpile in, yeah. in a good quality training session at the range over a day, certainly over two, it is nothing. It is nothing to expend three to 500 rounds of ammunition. That's not, yeah. not nowhere near out of the realm of possibility. Well, don't let the media keep keep scaring you oh they have no, I've, I've even i've even heard my grandma say like yeah. oh, oh my gosh why do they need that much yeah. she and it's like she doesn't know how much that is and that's but that's what the media yeah want to do though make they, it sound nice and fluffy they had seven firearms in their home i mean that's <laughs> they're not even they're not even serious about this wimp <laughs> they're not even they're not even like you get grandpa's gun, you get a little 22 to train your kids on, you get something to plink with, you get a defensive firearm for yourself, a defensive firearm for your spouse, maybe you've got a, a hunting rifle in there. Like, just calm down and think about it. It's just not, just not that, that much. Yeah, they they so, design those headlines and those the yeah. verbiages to for people specifically who don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. It's it's literally meant for that, but, but I don't know. So, I have negative opinions about people that watch the news too much anyway. You shouldn't watch it that much. Yeah, it's it's not it's not good for you. I, I but right, exactly. but that's the thing. Where's the happy medium? How do you like because if a republic's going to if a democratic republic, which is what we live in, not a democracy, a democratic republic. Um, it only works. It only works with an informed, responsible, moral public. It's the only way it works. So it's like, how do you how do you keep those responsibilities of being re informed and being involved um, without it without it dragging you down? I think part of it. That's part of what I, I've always liked about Twitter is it has just always re like remained for me such a great, quick, efficient form of news. And you can, yes, if you're not careful, you can silo yourself. You can be in an echo chamber. We've talked about that on here before, but um, you can 
also find like these great, true, unbiased sources to the extent that that's possible. People who to, still take journalistic principles, um, you know, uh, seriously and to heart. Like I love the account Smart Her News. Uh, the, her her name's Jenna. She used to be. I can't remember her last name. Uh, she's actually married to Leif Babin, who like founded Echelon Front and wrote the books with Jocko. Um, her last name's not, not Babin, but she's, uh, smart, her, uh, news. I know she's on Instagram. I'm not sure where else she's is. Uh, she is, but just a fantastic source for unbiased news. And it's not all negative. It's not all, you know, 15 raped, 13 murdered, five kids missing, a dog gets a home. It's not that right. It's not the local news. Yeah. It's not even, uh, you know, just it, because that's the thing, right? The problem is just being informed. It's just that negative bent. It's always telling you what is bad that's going on. What should you be mad at? What should you be afraid of? Um, and you can be informed without being terrified. Uh, and that's the tough thing to find. But that's what I like about, you know, if you use social media wisely, you can kind of tailor that and you can tune out the the fringes and kind of try and find that. Uh, informed, uh, non-sensationalized uh, middle, but you've got to, you've got to be intentional about it. And the algorithms don't want you to do that. They want you to be pissed, so they're going to try and feed you that. And so you got to click say no, and you got you know you got to keep blocking, you got to keep trimming. Um, otherwise, it's it's just uh, you know, it's just going to be bikini pics and things you're supposed to be mad at. Yeah, <laughs> they're really trying to get they're really trying to get people out here. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah crazy. I'm often I'm so wondered if, aware. Yeah, if I was posting in bikinis, like, is would it work? Um, I don't I'm, think. I'm, yeah, I don't know. You you never know these days. You never you really never know. I mean, it's worked on. for Dylan Mulvaney, so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's no. It's not what we're going for. It's not what we're. It's not what we're about here. At the at the Solid Seven podcast, so yeah, uh, crazy times. I think this is going to be and like as bad as it is, um, uh, you know, like the normal news cycle. As all the election stuff ramps up, it's just it's just going to be, and with Trump in the race, uh, God, man, it's just going to be. It's going to be an interesting we're, couple of years. Yeah, we're in for it. We are in for a a wild ride. Uh, I um. <laughs> I, I, I hope he's not our nominee. Um, yeah. I hope he's not our nominee. My, I, I just am afraid that he doesn't have that his ego will not allow him to step aside, uh, and just fade off into Mar-a-Lago or to endorse the nominee. I think instead he'll run independent. If he's not the nominee, I think he'll run independent. I think he'll split the vote. Uh, and I think we'll get Joe Biden or whatever the Democrats decide to offer. That would be terrible. I hope I should wrong. realize that ahead of time. I, I was I I didn't think there was any like I thought zero percent chance he was ever elected to begin with. I was obviously quite wrong, as was just about everybody uh, in that election. So I I hope I'm wrong. I just don't see um, shy of Trump being removed from the ability to be part of the process at all. Um, I'm. Not again. I'm not calling for any kind of violence. I'm saying if he were convicted of something, which certainly the Democrats are trying and would love to see right now, if he were to have health issues or God forbid pass away, like he's not the healthiest dude, um, right. you know, steak and ketchup will do that to you. Um, not <laughs> so the, not the steak alone. I'm still like a pro carnivore here. Um, yeah. But uh, hashtag uh, Colorado craft beef. Check him out. Buy some stuff. Um, 
but uh, and, and so unless something just absolutely prevented him from running or being a part of the process, I, I don't see he'll either be the nominee or he'll split the vote. Yeah, if he splits the vote, that's bad. Yeah. That's not good. No. Yeah, if he's yeah, the nominee, someone... that's that's bad. That's not good. I I don't. Even if it's even if it's him and Biden, I I don't. I don't think he wins. You don't think he beats Biden? I don't. Oh, I think he beats him, and it's not close. That's what I think. Uh, that, almost. Oh my god. Let Let's hope we don't have to find out because I agree with you. That's just not a good situation. Um, I'm with DeSantis from, from, from the research I've done. I have so many friends that don't know what they're talking about that have horrible opinions of Ron DeSantis. Not so many, but a handful of friends I'm thinking of right now. And I just want to tell you all, if you're listening, the commonality between you is that you don't do your homework and you don't know what you're talking about. You just are told what to believe and then you believe it. I used to feel a similar way before I actually did my research. So I would encourage anybody on either side of the fence listening to this. Do extensive, do more research, more homework, genuine homework than you even think necessary from every possible outlet. Understand the full histories of, of, of anybody who you want to call a name or, or endorse, like just, just do it because I promise you, you can only end up more informed and more at peace with whatever opinion you end up having. I I will say this. I I hear, here's my advice to the listeners, rather you're right, left or center. Um, like I don't, I just don't know too many people that you're, you're like, dude, the government's killing it. Like they're just killing it. <laughs> um, and so, but we do get, we do get input, right? Like Congress is made up of, of 535 people. There's 435 representatives. There's a hundred senators. Um, we can change out a full one third of the senators every two years. We can change out all of the representatives every two years. So here's the problem. We're all always like, Congress sucks, right? But the problem is we're all like, Congress sucks, except my guy or gal. Right. Um, so it's like, if we're, if we're all over Congress, if we're all like, they're not getting it done, I'm not happy, I'm not well represented, right or left, how about we change it up? How about we not send back the same people in the, in the next federal election, we could change out the entire house of representatives. Every, everyone who's there right now could be gone. I don't think they all deserve to be gone, but they definitely don't all deserve to stay. So it's like, I, you're, you're somebody, I always vote Democrat. Cool. But maybe vote for a different one. I always vote Republican. Cool. Maybe vote for a different one. Maybe you won't. I'm telling you, like people are not nuanced enough and they're too lazy to want to do that work. I promise you that this, the desire to do this, and I'm just, you know, the the hand motion of just chirping. That's what people really want. And that's that's the thing. When I get into conversations like this with somebody who knows what they're talking about, it is the exception and not the rule. I'm telling you. And it's it's an unfortunate reality, but. That's that's what I'm saying. You're not going to do your homework. You're not going to put, like, here's my thing. Like if there's, where, where you're at, if there's a primary, if somebody's challenging the sitting person, maybe just – I'm not telling you to cross party lines, vote for the other side. Um, maybe be open to to that. Yeah. Maybe don't just look at the R or the D or, or whatever. Um, like be an issues-based voter um, for sure. Um, but like maybe – 
maybe try out a different R or a different D. What could it hurt? Because we keep sending the same freaking people and they keep sucking. Yeah. Over and over. And right now you're like, yeah, I agree. Except for my guy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the, and we all do that. And then uh, they all, it all, they all still suck. Every once in a while you get somebody new, you get a fresh face or whatever. Um, you know, New Yorkers, I know some of you out there for some reason, God love you. Yeah. You love AOC. Um, listen, Hey, again, the house, we get to swap them out every two years. So let's try 435 new people for two years. If it's no better, get your old guy back. Yeah. Bring AOC back. That's what you want. I mean, talk to me first, please. Um, <laughs> but, but voter, it's two years. But let's try yeah. a whole bunch of different people. Let's, let's try a whole bunch of people who haven't, who haven't been there, who have lived and worked places other than Washington, D.C. for the last few years. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. That's Let, good. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's over a bunch of people who actually know how much a dozen eggs cost. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting crazy. I'm not saying that none of them do. There are some there that do. But I also know I saw it inside of Nancy Pelosi's freezer, and that chick does not know how much a dozen eggs cost, I'll tell you right now. Right. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. There, there, there's, there, I would say a large percent. I don't know. You're right. I mean, and it's not just about Nancy. McCarthy on the right, he don't know how much a dozen eggs. He'd it's have just to have a matter of not living a normal U.S. citizen <laughs> life. That's what it is. And what percentage of them do? Work a real job. Mm-hmm. Earn a real living. Uh, be a, a, a tax payer. Um, and, uh, and, and just go, just go serve. Right. I, I, we could almost do better, John. I think we could, I'm not 100% convinced that we wouldn't do better if we did maybe at least the house of representatives, the same way we handle jury duty where everybody in the district who's of age and a taxpayer, you're in the pool of potential representatives. And if your number gets drawn, you're you're going to serve. You're going to serve a two you're going to serve a two-year term. You'll be compensated. Um we can do what we do with like uh National Guard or Reserve Service where um your employer there's got to be a job for you when you get back. You'll be compensated for the two years that you serve. And once you've served for two years, there's a whole period of time where your number can't be drawn again. Maybe that's 10 years. Maybe that's twenty years. So you're 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 a, a voting age taxpayer. Your number gets drawn. Uh, you're you're going to go serve in the House of Representatives for for two years. I don't know that we would be worse off than what we're electing right now. Me neither. I might be onto something. <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's, it's, something, something different would it's be time good. for a convention of the states. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's make this an amendment. Something new. Like, whatever we got ain't working. Would, would you get some real, um, I don't mean this derogatory, but some people are just less intelligent. Sure. Um, you know, it, if, would you get some low-functioning people? Sure. But right now, in our Senate, from the great state of Pennsylvania, there's a man named John Fetterman serving as a senator who had a stroke not long ago, has not fully recovered, 
cannot string a sentence together without a prompter, can't really do it with a prompter. Um, he does not have all of his faculties back, and he's, he's, a, he's a U.S. senator. He's a voting U.S. senator right now. Dianne Feinstein rolled her back in to, to the Capitol looking like absolute death, looking like Palpatine after he fought with Mace Windu. Uh, and, and she's, she's voting, she's voting U S Senator. Um, I don't know that my lotto draw ideal would leave a idea would leave us worse off. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. I don't think so. I think it'd be better. So <sighs> I don't like thinking about these things. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk some more MMA anyways. <laughs> Let's let's talk about six to twelve elbow strikes. Let's uh yeah. <laughs> Actually, my alley. That that'd be it. Dude, that okay. We're gonna we're gonna bring it full circle before before we close here because that's how professional we are at the Sod Seven Podcast. <laughs> we're going with a, a callback. A couple great video ideas would be like covering the banned strikes and why. Uh, I got and a scratch they, pad right here. And even if they should be banned. There you go. I'm looking forward to Oh, UFC beginner guide banned techniques. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, now do I want a, a byline on these videos? Absolutely. Um and do I fully expect this episode to be heavily promoted to your almost 4,000 Instagram followers? Yes, of course I do. Well, not 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 um, to the 4,000, to the however many end up watching the See, I was talking with um I was talking with Isaac uh over dinner the other day. And obviously his wife yeah. does this full time. I was going to say the, this is a good unique, buddy of yours. The unique who's, thing about yeah. these reels, right, is that you can at the end cuz it's all the, the algorithm's reading the viewer retention, especially on YouTube it's saying the average percentage of your video being viewed is 85%, 70%, whatever. Once you have them, anything you drop at the end is totally up to you because they've already watched almost the whole video. So plugging things, I was originally kind of afraid of that, but uh, not anymore now that I understand how that works. And uh, so I'm going to be plugging like my, I don't think I'm going to do Twitch, but like YouTube streams, things like that. So yeah, I mean, look, the, the bulk of, of my speech on this podcast has been talking about the page. Why would I not want followers to kind of get an in-depth look at that? So you are absolutely uh, going to have that requirement met, sir. Well, dude, I, I'm excited to see what you do. Uh, appreciate you coming back, back to your roots, coming small time in it with me for a for a couple hours. Small time in it uh, here today. On that, no, you're 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 a, a solid seven podcast regular for as long as yes. you'll as you'll have us, sir. We're fully committed um, to, uh, and I'll bring along all the listeners I possibly can to uh the the first uh jmma fight companion i i'm, so, I'm, t I'm telling uh, you right now not only am i there i will bring jocko go oh, um, i love it we, we will drink jocko Hell, go uh, we'll drink jocko go at 12 30 in the morning uh because you've got to wait that long to get to the you know the title fight on any of these freaking pay-per-view cards <laughs> hey but the next day is always sunday church from home works for me that day Dude, that's all i'm saying it's um it's uh once again, I'm going to rabbit trail after starting my clothes. That that is a knock. Like pay per view nights, it's it's the same issue I have with football. Football is an hour long game that takes three and a half or four hours to play, and the fact that I've got to sit for three hours during a pay per view and you know watch maybe an hour of fighting uh, when it's all said and done, I'm like, come on. I get I get you don't know if any fight's going to go the distance. 
You've got to bake. You've got to bake in enough time for for every fight to go to a decision. I get it, but I feel like there's a little extra padding there that doesn't need to be there. Dana White, for call sure. me. Call me. We'll talk. <laughs> For sure. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think the, what, what makes it make sense for me is the fact that the price tag is usually too large to justify watching it by yourself and paying full price. So it, it pushes the obligation of making it a bit more of a social event at which the desire for some open space to converse and do other things besides be glued to the TV comes in handy. So that to, it's funny. Now that we talk about it, to me, that's the stark difference between movies and this love of mine. The price tag is about six times higher for MMA. Uh, and it provides you proper times in which you don't have to look at the TV. You can look away. So I, th- I think that's what I like about it. Well, I, I'm there for the fight companion. Not only will I bring Jocko Go, but I will bring great value branded snacks from Walmart. Oh, not Market Pantry? Target lost you forever? Is that's, that it? It, it, will, uh, it will be great value branded snacks. And I will enjoy every bite. <laughs> beauty beauty of uh, where I'm living right now. I'm not even kidding. Maybe 50 or 60 steps outside my door is a Walmart. So we're we're living good. Yeah. So all right. So <laughs> well, it. brother, appreciate you making the return Absolutely. appearance Thank here. You, man. Listeners, appreciate you as always, of course, uh, for listening. If you haven't already, stop by the website. All kinds of fun and great things there. Solid seven podcast.com, solid the number seven podcast.com uh, if you want to support the podcast help us do what we do it's all right there you can hit up our links to go ruck uh, origin main jocko fuel tuttle twins uh, great way to get yourself something awesome and uh, support the podcast while you're doing it uh, links to patreon instagram twitter all that stuff is there and uh, some good causes to support while you're at it said it earlier it's worth saying again if you haven't already whatever app you're listening on hit that follow or subscribe button give us a thumbs up five stars uh and if you're feeling extra froggy reviews are always appreciated we read every single one of those tell you right now john we carry it was a 4.9 for a little bit because of of some somebody who i will (laughs) find someday but we're running a full five stars uh, on uh, the old Apple iTunes reviews. Apple, so, okay. yeah. um, you know, we're we're a solid seven by name, but we're a ten in, in the hearts of the people. Facts. That is 100% facts. I love the way you said that. That's beautiful. <laughs> so, uh, brother, I love you. Listeners, we love you. Until next time, we're out. Later. The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GORUCK. GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet. Tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events And a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast.